combat time! talk about Mortal Kombat. As always, I'm Josh, followed by Yassine. Hello. And Jay. Hello, hello. And before I introduce our next guest, I will say we're uh, going to be talking about lore, catching up uh, since we, we played Mortal Kombat 1, 2, 3, 4, and hell, we even played Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero, if that was a good experience or not. Uh, we read the comics. So before we go into the next era... Uh, we're going to talk about just a little lore catch-up, you know, bring it up to speed. And who else better to bring back uh, to talk about lore than someone who is very passionate about the lore, Mr. Hello again, Damien Damaski. Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? Pretty good. So far, so good. (laughs) How are you doing, sir? I'm doing okay. I'm tired. It's It's been a long few weeks. Um, yeah. working on projects and, uh, I've been writing for Looper. So I've been, Ooh. that's been taking a lot of my time. I'm yeah. A couple of projects like, you know, are in the works. We'll see if they don't fall through, but yeah. So I'm just like, like even get up, it's like noon where I'm at right now. Even that was like, I have to get up at noon. Fuck. So early. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, so late, like editing and writing and stuff like that. So it's, but other than that, no, I, I'm I'm doing okay. Besides that, like besides being tired of shit, I think I'm pretty. I'm all right. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe you could take a nap. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. Here. Yeah, everyone's been, <laughs> I probably will. Everyone's been fucking uh, busy. It seems like I, I've been kind of isolated. <laughs> yeah, like I think, like we need to mention it, but like ever since the like ever since before the pandemic started, I haven't seen Yasin in what I think Yasin. Oh, yeah. I think we're are we going to go on three years at this point? I think we're going to go on three years since I've seen you. Oh it's no, been a, it's been a glorious three years. That I haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> Great. He's all over oh. us. <laughs> He's like, I don't have this. I don't have this Johnny Cage loving dude in my life anymore. F him. I don't need him. That's been glorious. He, he makes excuses not to hang out. It's like, hey, we we can find time. It's like, oh, I don't know, but I'm busy with painting my bar. You don't have a barn. Well, I do now. So I do now. I do now. You don't know. You haven't seen me in three years. You don't know if I have a barn. Now. I could have a barn. Yeah, this is real easy to build. That's not just because of COVID. No, but on a serious note. Oh yeah. But on a serious yeah. note, we do have to change that though. Like we have, we're gonna well, have we're to meet up about that. I have, I got to see a scene for the first time in two years, uh, about several weeks ago. We played Mortal Kombat Four at my place. It was great, and I've periodically seen Jay throughout the COVID era. Uh, just out of he, he needed me to do something for him. I, I stopped by his place once, <laughs> and another friend of ours I saw maybe once or twice, and then everyone else, yeah. But it's not even because of COVID right now. I, I'm kind of yeah, like. True periodically far away from everybody too uh, up in the mountains my secluded little fucking cabin josh is uh, a mountain you know. man i'm a mountain man <laughs> yeah uh, and then, and then, so. it's not go timothy mcveigh on us it's not go timothy oh McVay. jesus no not that kind of mountain man <laughs> thinking more of a secluded writer not a secluded manifesto writer i'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, gonna say he was a writer like he was a writer and a yourself in. <laughs> now but at this point like i'm actually looking at josh like okay josh i've seen you but you've seen i have not seen you in so long like i'm actually questioning if you even exist anymore you're like a mystical figure on the internet that i speak to and that i play. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense 
So what? Um. So what? Uh, Mortal Kombat Four version did you play? Was it the N sixty four version? N sixty four. PlayStation version. Uh, you see, okay. you played uh the GOG version a little bit too, right? Uh, yeah, I played the GOG version. That was the one I played when I'm at my place. That's the only one I have. Okay. And I was gonna download it too, but. Yeah, we did a previous episode recording on it, but like I had never played Mortal Kombat 4 up until I went to Josh's house not too long ago and played it again for the first time. I'd played it in an arcade like once or twice, like when it first came out way back yeah. in the day at a movie theater, at my local movie theater, and I didn't like it. But the second time I played it with Josh, I was obviously I'd matured a lot since then in terms of fighting games, and I was surprised at how much I actually enjoyed it. Like, as I said before, it's dated, but it's dated in a good way. Like, there's things yeah. about it that I actually did like about it. Yeah. So I, I used to play um, Mortal Kombat 4, like, on the P- PlayStation. And one thing I always remembered very vividly was the fact that the, the, the line readings were all fucked up. Because they, they we would, like, break their necks, right, during that move. And it was like, oh, my leg! <laughs> and you'd break somebody's arm. And they'd say, oh, my leg! It's like, they always had, it was, like, it was the same, like, soundbite for some reason. I don't know if that's the same with the N sixty four version. Even but I know for the like the like the women characters, or like so. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes it was. That's uh, or else they had the same like their their own line. But I remember every time it was a guy, I was like, "Ah, oh, my leg!" <laughs> for like every single one of those, for every single one of those moves. Yeah, it, it was. That was it one was, thing like, we insane. failed to talk about too. Is just the funny, the funny voiceovers. Like if you throw somebody, it goes, "Oh, I'm gonna oh, throw you God. over there." They're- Dude, dude, they're hilarious in that game. I think I commented that the camera angles were just funny, especially when you're in a corner and we do a throw because like what, how many times, Josh, did you quote unquote do a command throw on me, break my neck? And usually if you break someone's neck, they at least fall down on the ground. But no, not Mortal Kombat 4. You break my neck, I just shrug it off and like continue fighting you. Like it's ridiculous. And they say, oh, my leg. And then. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, that's a neck. Yeah, I. Uh, I remember me also. I, I love the endings too. That's speaking of lore, going back to the oh, lore. Yeah. I, I loved like those endings were the fucking worst and the best because they had the worst. Oh acting. god, the endings are so good. Like, I, I loved, I loved Jarek's laugh. Yeah, yeah. His laugh I, 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 This is not a brutality. This is a fatality. <laughs> oh god, that's classic. <laughs> That's so fucking classic. It's so good. It's so good. It's also like, he's like, you can't kill me. Oh, you're a cop. I'm like, well, A, cops kill people all the time. Like, So number one, you're wrong on one, on, two, on two things, Jared. One, cops kill cop. people all the time. Uh, well, didn't he say something like that? He's yeah. like, oh, we have to follow the law yeah, to arrest or something. Me. And he's like, no, this is brutality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that leads into the line. Uh, but it's also like, yeah, but yeah, well, the military kill people too. So no matter what, Jack. But, but on top of that, like he's been playing Mortal Kombat. You saw what Jax did to probably Quan Chi or something. You know, like yeah, but you he's know, Jax is killing a good people. Guy. Like he has to uphold the law, but you know, hey, he just killed my partner. So fuck you, man. Yeah, but, 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 but I'm saying, why, why would Jared think he wouldn't kill him if he's been killing people the entire the game? It's <laughs> so good. You see, people made a fucking uh, Unreal Engine reimaginings of those endings too right yeah those are cool yeah, those are I, have to out. I don't know how many of them they have but i think i saw one tanya um That's... and i think they might have done the jarek one they did the jarek and jack's one and they did the uh the quan chi one where he, he betrays shinnok that's pretty cool mm. the one well, of my favorite twitter accounts i saw or it wasn't a twitter account but it's like a, it was a twitter thing it was literally just the mk4 ending of i think i think it was sub-zero where he's like, uh, Quan Chi just comes and punches him at the... At the oh, like, right, yeah. The, I betrayed you, and it just, it just cuts right when he gets punched. Just, it's like, I saw that same thing. It was hilarious. 
is so good. Yeah, well, um, we, may get, yeah. we may get to talking about the MK4 endings since they are part of the, the, the lore window. Oh, for sure. Them. Yeah, like what, 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 which ones are accurate and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, how did you guys want to organize this? Are we, going, are we going from like, hey, what do we think about the lore or about the changes? or? Uh, the, the way, uh, I figure maybe we'll uh, give kind of just a quick overview of what's happened in the MK story. Thus far. From one to four. Thus yeah, far. Yeah, thus far. Like, I quick, definitely have like, a pain. Like, I d- like cliff notes, but, you know. Yeah, like, I I definitely have opinions on, on some of my favorite more, like, canon. Well, not canon, because they're not canon. Um, But, like, the actual un like non-canon endings for, like, one through three. Because some of those, yeah. like, sort of uh, idealize why I like certain characters. I mean, like, for people that listen to this podcast, obviously my favorite character is Johnny Cage. I'm never going to relent what? that. But I've also, I also love, I also Johnny love Cage Reptile. And Reptile has an mm-hmm. interesting storyline, in my opinion. Like, I, I will be a Reptile simp this episode, mm-hmm. for sure. All right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to yuck anybody's yums, man. Shame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you shouldn't. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. I, I, no, I won't. <laughs> and I, because I do love my reptile. Reptile, reptile. We're all cons- cool. consenting earth realmers and outworlders and whatever <laughs> uh, Exactly. But I figure yeah. uh, we'll go through that and and uh, maybe bring up uh, like we might not all be familiar with certain aspects, certain characters, things. So just like. Go, go uh-huh. through a quick summary and then uh, maybe bring up, you know, hey, whatever happened to this person? I don't know about it. And then we could fill it in. And uh, Perfect. It sounds yeah. fun. And then, and then we'll go from there. So I remember, like, yeah, I remember all the crazy shit that people would come up with like, <clears throat> in the in the 90s, you know, when we were growing up. And, like, you know, is Chameleon a real person? And is oh, Scarlet right. a real person? It's kind of cool, oh, like, know? how that stuff, like, yeah. I failed this podcast. I didn't, real. I didn't look up a lot of chameleons backstory except for what i already know i didn't look up her and his intros for a trilogy but you know they're tech they're technically not canon so kind of oh we'll go into that i guess yeah, we'll go into we'll that because i think they're i think they're in, i think they're in two i think you can find them it's been a while oh, all right no. I mean, sometimes it's kind of weird like how much is fake how much is real <laughs> their, their official introduction was like, of course like trilogy uh and all we know is oh yeah their, uh, their reptiles race you get the male ninja yeah, who's like Tatarans. gray or something like that, and then the female ninja who's like see through, and they both have the same yes. like kind of backstory. But yeah, I didn't look up too much. Pretty much, yeah. Anyway, so I, I yeah, I guess when has a K and a C? Huh? What's that? Oh, so when has a K? When has a C? Yeah, she kind of she kind of wavers in and out, and I think changes color a little bit too. That's her shtick. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, so I guess we'll start with Mortal Kombat one. I guess yeah, like or what happens? I was there. even going to tell like a you know kind of a high level just one two three four all together. But yeah, starting Mortal Kombat one, uh, the you know yeah as, as depicted in the movie, uh, the MK ninety five movie, the quote unquote as we say greatest story ever told. Uh, we say that <laughs> all the much. time. And if the Mortal Kombat ninety five movie is the Bhagavad Gita. Then the whole lore of the first four games is the entirety of the Mahabharata. Mm. Makes sense to me. Yeah, it is full. Put put all the character bios in a fucking book. So <laughs> basically, yeah. So we introduce Mortal Kombat one. Uh, it, it's Shang Tsung is, and this is something that isn't brought up a lot afterwards. But the idea of Mortal Kombat, it was a Shaolin run tournament until Shang Tsung. <laughs> came and you know introduced death into it i.e mortal Kombat, and one conquered with goro killing the great kung lao and all that 
and taking it over and corrupting it into what it's become. And that's something... That's cool. Yeah, they, they don't really... There's a there's a thing we'll discover, too, is like, you know, they're kind of making it up as they go along, and the, the lore evolves a little bit, and retcons a little yeah, I bit. If they got, I wonder if they got retcons. I wonder if they got retcons. I think it more or less... Some, thing, because... some things absolutely did, yes. Because I feel like that's not... That was that in current um, canon with a K. I don't <laughs> think there any more i don't think the shaylin i think i think the shaylin part of it now the white lotus society which is like what Liu king and, and kung lao yeah. and like baraicha were all part of oh, i Baraitcha feel there? like that was just like uh, he, he he was from outworld and came and trained yeah. them if i remember correctly and um so he was originally outworlder he came in and, and trained the shaylin monks and what, what from what i understand in the current cut, continuity with the k um, is that they are the, that raiding goes to them because of the best warriors? Mm-hmm. So it's more of a coincidence the Shaylin monks are involved, as far as I understand it now. Like I, I, I can believe that it was Shaylin originally because you have that, for instance, in Mortal Kombat One, you have that background with the or all the people, the monks with the orange robes, right, right, like, as audience members. The Ander so monks, it makes yeah. sense that maybe that was the that was the original idea. And it was funny too because even like the the ten Mortal Kombat's, as far as I know, the movie made that up. Uh, I remember there was an I actually John- discovered that was something in Tobias's notes that wasn't explicitly stated in the in the game. But okay, that was an idea. It was an idea of his, and they did implement it into the movie's story. Okay, because I remember, I remember his interview. He said uh, maybe he changes his story or whatever. That or it could have been like because remember he said it was like um, maybe coincidence. It was like the Furies. There was like these Furies. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that never been, never been a part of the never been part of the canon. I think since the first game, but it was like these. It was like these spiritual things that are kind of keeping the dimensions together, and so basically, like the more Outworld was winning the more the Furies are going on their side. And so it was more of a kind of coincidence, like, oh, like, they've won so much that the, that this this thing's going to turn. I think the yeah. movie's what made it That's something I definitely would have mentioned, too. Because they, they mentioned that, you know, Shang Tsung wants to upset the Furies. And and they do, in fact, mention it in the in the intros and exits of MK2 still. Oh, shit. So I guess, yeah, the idea is, you know, he's corrupting something good. He wants to plunge things into chaos and yeah. darkness. So I, I think the movie like codified the 10 thing. I can believe that was in his notes, but I don't know if that was like codified until yeah. the movie where it's like, Oh, we're instead of making it. It's like, and it's canon in the games now for too. Sure. Cause they'll, they'll mention yeah. it in deadly Alliance. I think. Yeah. But, and uh, especially the new ones, like so, X and stuff too. Oh yeah. But I think where it stands like currently, uh, the idea of mortal Kombat was, it was a tournament specifically set up as they explained the movie to, you know, put organization into, you know, who gets to conquer who. Yeah. It's like, you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a safety net where originally it was just a friendly tournament. Yeah. Friendly. Like like when we were watching uh, Bloodsport blood with a, a friend <laughs> and the, the death scene comes where uh, Bolo, whatever his name is in Bloodsport, kills, kills a dude. Mm-hmm. And I piped up and said, man, that part traumatized me as a kid because it was like, oh, God. No one's supposed to die here. It's just a fun tournament. Someone's like, a fun tournament. But, it's called, you know, it's called literally Sport. called Bloodsport. It's called Bloodsport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny, too, because, like, obviously, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I mean, you guys have probably mentioned right. this before, where it's, like, supposed to... It was originally a Universal course, Soldier game that Midway was trying to make because they did the T2 game. Midway did the T2 mm-hmm. game. So they did digital yeah. sprites for that. So they're going to go to Universal Soldier. Oh, well, can't get the rights and to that. that didn't maybe happen. get yeah, maybe we can get John claude Van Damme for his own game because Jackie Chan had done games, I think, at that point. Um, 
like licensed games stuff like that. But they were like, oh, we can an Arnold Schwarzenegger for the T two thing, obviously as well. And like, oh, we can have him do this. We'll, we'll we'll film him, and he'll be like the main character. And he didn't it fell through, so they ended up doing the Mortal Kombat thing, which is kind of the story they were kind of kicking around. And that's why uh-huh. Johnny Cage looks like Bloodsport. That's yeah. why he has like the the, the shorts, pants. exact shorts, and everything. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it that's was correctly based off that. He's basically uh, a Jean Claude Van Damme stand-in. That was that's by design too. Like like you can see it, man, because Johnny Cage is all about like you know, hey, I'm a Hollywood, I'm a Hollywood bungle dude. Like I'm all about making my movie and like being an action star, which kind of fit Van Damme at that time. So I'm not, oh, I'm not surprised sure. by that at all. But yeah, they made him a washed up kind of a has been. Was that supposed to be like a dig at? maybe Boy, i don't know maybe yeah, like I, I kind of i kind of agree with maybe but i don't think that was not like so much the, a has I, been he was just people thought he was you know not authentic fake you know yeah fake and, and he was he, and he was an asshole i think i think in like in the endings it's like he makes mortal kombat the movie like it capitalizes on yeah the, he does <laughs> yeah. yeah he yeah. absolutely does and he capitalizes on it and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of funny. Like, when you think about Mortal Kombat 1 specifically, Johnny Cage is definitely, like, what you would consider, like, the joke character. Because just about every fighting game has one of these, and Johnny Cage is definitely that. But they kind of evolved him in the lore, um, really beyond Mortal Kombat 4. But, you know, even in Mortal Kombat 2, he became still a joke character, but less of one. And then in 3, well, he wasn't around because they had killed him off. But in 4, he still kind of retains this Hollywood persona about like him just doing like an action scene, and because of that whole di- like like basically uh, dynamic, that's why he even in Mortal Kombat animated movies today, and even in the games, he's still known as the joke character. But they've kind of expanded him beyond that, much to my chagrin. In certain cases, like I've discussed with Josh about Mortal Kombat Ten, but yeah. still, like God like, like I kind I kind of like his growth, but it's kind of outside the purview, I guess, of like if I went one, two, three, and four. But like because because in, in four, his ending is so jokey. Like he's right. literally it's like, he really it's, talks it's, it's like this, jerky. and he's getting like, oh, why are you guys throwing tomatoes at me? And it's like, ah, okay. I saw that, Arnold. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this, this beginning of that story and his ending in Trilogy, too, if you consider Trilogy canon, is, you know, a little bit more serious because he, he dies in MK3. That's why he's not there. Mm-hmm. And Trilogy is essentially MK3, but with everybody. And so his story yeah. is, is ending for MK Trilogy, and we're getting ahead of ourselves, I guess, but, you know, is, is that, yeah, he was supposed to go to the afterworld, afterlife, but Shao Kahn's evasion blocked his soul from being able to enter it, so his soul came back into his body, and he was able to enjoy join his friends, and in storming and defeating Shao Kahn, he knew that things were going to go back as they were before his invasion, i.e., he was going to go back to being dead. And so knowing this, he goes and defeats Shao Kahn. And his ending literally is he bids his friends farewell and goes off to a better life. And I'm like, damn. That's pretty cool. This, yeah, this I is mean, the joke I, movie character. <laughs> yeah, He's like fucking happens, Chan you know, in, in the first movie. I think Because I think he has one of the best arcs. I, I Going back to him, Keaton, just slightly, um, even to showing the trilogy thing, it's like, yeah, he's a joke character, and yeah, he's like, you know, egotistical and all these things like that. But I do, I do enjoy that. He, I think he, besides Scorpion, I think he has some of the best arc. And in, I agree. Uh, entire, like, co- entire more comic continuity. But uh, one thing I wanted to bring up um, with the movies and talk about more comic one, and kind of the differences that the movies kind of added on, which you know, is interesting. I mean, you guys probably the comic books as well. And so how there's like this intertextuality that exists among adaptations, you know, for instance, Superman didn't fly 
until the cartoons right. in the 1930s because they originally he just jumped really high. That's why it was leap the single bound. It's because mm-hmm. he, he was just jumping really high, and it, and it, it was too hard to animate. So Max Fleischer, um, it was cheaper to have them fly, and then and then and then the the comic books were like, oh, that's a good idea. Same with like Kryptonite came from the radio show. The same with Batman. The serials created Bat Batcave. So a similar thing came with Mortal Kombat. Again, we talk about the potentially the the, the ten tournament things, um, but also just um, you know the things that kind of came in afterwards and forwards, like ter- you know Kerry Takawa becoming Shang Tsung uh, in Mortal Kombat Eleven and things like that. Uh, one thing I found really interesting in the movies when it came to the changes is I actually liked most of the changes that the, the movie came up with. And even things that the, that the games didn't take. Are you talking about the newest one, Damien? No, I fucking hate that movie. Oh, uh, no, 1995 <laughs> one. Um, okay, the 1995 one. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And, and as an obsessed kid, I was like, oh, they changed it. Oh, that pisses me off. But it works for the movie, so yeah. Yeah, the only one I... I mean, I, I'm still a little annoyed by the, the, the Scorpion Sub-Zero thing, but I really love... One yeah. thing I really loved rewatching it somewhat recently was what they did with Liu Kang. And the idea that he oh, yeah. ran away and he has to like regain his like honor, or and also like the idea of revenge versus saving. I mean, it's kind of convenient that him like getting over his revenge, but also is like the same. You have to kill Shang Tsung to get to save the world, and all. It's like it's a little confused metaphor, but I, I do like they they attempted something, and they um, they totally did Liu Kang great in the movie, and uh, we we actually talked about that uh, not too long ago. We had a Liu Kang spotlight episode now mm-hmm. elements of that were in john tobias's notes they they aren't present in like the intro or the outro of the game uh as far as okay. like having a brother that was killed that he has to avenge but i think there was that was a story idea that okay. that was going to happen so they but, brought but, from but that and, like and the... the other oh the other oh. thing too i want to say real quick i'm sorry is him being a renegade monk because uh he was yeah formed the he's a former shaolin monk in the in the games in mk1 story that oh, is, formed okay. the, the super secret White Lotus Society. And he left that to to go uh back to the, the Shaolin. Uh and Kung Lao New Kung Lao is also part of that secret bleh, White Lotus Society. So there are two different organizations. But the idea was like he wasn't currently holding any sort of position in the in the Shaolin oh, okay. uh, right. temple. Cool. Which is why he grew out his hair. So he's a renegade monk. But yeah. he's still very honorable. He's still very disciplined. The movie fucking did great by making him. He turned his back on the temple and he went to America. Too much television, and you know, he, yeah. he's, so he's he, he's kind of relatable. He's kind of you know, rebellious. Yeah, you know, and, and all those I guess things. the arc is that he's not just like a boring boy scout. He actually has. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he's. I mean, so yeah, like you said he's honorable and he's these other things, but he still has something to grow towards. Again, it's a little. Again, it's a little mixed metaphor where it's like. His his he has to get over his like vengeance, but him getting over his vengeance still allows him to kill Shang Tsung. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's not I mean, perfect, but it's but it, it, well, it's I mean, something. no, that's that's a good life lesson. It's like you know, you go towards the goal, but you don't obsess about the goal. If you don't obsess about something, you might still be able to obtain it in the end, and that's great and all, but you know, don't make it your life. I guess it's hard to explain, but it's like, yeah, I, I got you. He, sh- he should have got vengeance. And one thing I kind of like love that they actually did with Liu Kang, which, you know, like I said this when we did our spotlight on, I'll still say it today, is that like when you're watching 
or uh, are getting like the Mortal Kombat endings, like one, two, or three. Like when you think about like what is the canon storyline of Mortal Kombat one, two, three, and going into four, as far as I'm aware, anyway, um, Liu Kang's ending is considered the canon ending. So every other ending is like null and void. It's like a dream world, but Liu Kang is the actual canon. Th- there ending. are endings that have very canon elements in them. Of course, you have to admit the part that this character defeated Shao Kahn or Shang Tsung. It's like yeah. Yeah. Cyrax does get lost in the desert in MK3, you know, jumping ahead. He just doesn't defeat Shao Kahn to do it. And, and you know, this and that. So, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean it's kind of a combination that, of all the endings. Yeah, you can also assume that maybe Johnny Cage made his Mortal Kombat movie. He just, yeah, he said he did. He probably did. Song, yeah. But, like, you know, he. The Luke Kang defeated Shang Tsung, but maybe he created the movie and, and like, you know, Scorpion did kill Sub Zero, but maybe he beat Shang Tsung and that kind of stuff. Like, like, yeah, the endings still give you elements of who these characters are. Sometimes their psyche, like, way ahead. It's like Cabal, like in Mortal Kombat 11, he gets time. He's like, I just want to have a good house and a wife. And it's like, it kind of gets you. A, a, is that, is that his ending? Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, because when he gets Chronica's powers, he's just like, he, has, he creates like a, he gets like a big house and a wife. I think he like marries. Alina or something. I forget. Yeah. He has, it's good job, the, Cabal. The women that he gets. Um, yeah, good on you. Way to but, go, um, Cabal. Living his best life. <laughs> but, but one thing, going back to adaptation changes and like another medium affecting the rest of the story is uh, is definitely Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade. Like, I don't know yes. if that was in Sean Tobias' oh, yeah. original idea, but it becomes such a cornerstone of the newer games. It was and in funny, yeah. the comics. I, not just the Malibu comics, but in John Tobias' own comics, they... So that probably okay. was an idea that just being the two American characters that, I, and the two outsider have, characters. Yeah, Josh, I have a hot take theory on that. And I really mm-hmm. think that the Mortal Kombat 95 movie kind of did it. Not because it was necessarily like them as shit, but because like you have the Mortal Kombat 95 movie, right? It's 1995. So obviously you have to have a love interest somewhere. And right. being that Sonya Blade is the Which only is female where in Katana, terms of the original crew, they had to... Yeah, they had to kind of ship them, like ship her with Johnny to have some sort of love dynamic story. This is kind of like, you know, like how things kind of worked in 1995 with these types of yeah. movies. You had to kind of have it. And then much like how they kind of they sort of retconned Kano to be more of an Aussie as opposed to what he originally was based on conception. They kind of took that and incorporated that into the lore. So therefore, like in later games, Johnny Cage and Sonya are a thing and therefore they are shipped. And therefore, it's kind of like at this point, I can't see it anymore like well, johnny yeah. cage and sonya at some point had to hook up so. like i said uh, i think johnny and sonya were already sort of like i said in the com in stuff before the movie came out they were in the comics because i guess it just made sense and it probably was still yeah it's the 90s let's you know we have to have the romance however uh Liu kang and katana definitely was i feel like 100 percent a product of the movie for the same reasons they just need the yeah, love interest I agree. like they, they like i said in a one of the Liu Kang episode, I think they were supposed to have a kiss in the first movie and they never did, which Robin, she was disappointed in. And then they kissed which makes in the you wonder, <laughs> which makes hmm. you wonder if the 95 movie had never happened, would these still canon shippings even still be a thing? Like would Johnny Cage well, still be trying to pursue is... Sonya? Would, would Liu Kang still be pursuing, still be pursuing Katana in this sort of timeline without the 95 I, movie I, I or Annihilation? Where I'm going is that Johnny and Sonya would, because like I said, I think that was already sort of pre-established. Nothing in the game said it, but in the expanded media, in the comics, especially the official John Tobias comic and like in his own notes, I think that was going to be an idea. Liu Kang Katana? Maybe not, because they, they didn't even fucking interact with each other, from what I could tell in the... Uh, 
story of the second game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like she, I think she always turns against Shao Kahn, but like the the, the romance aspect might have been completely made for the movie and. And also, they, you know, it's uncomfortable to talk about, but there might be some racism involved, like, oh, well, we might not want to have the blonde girl be with the Asian guy, and it's like, you know, that's hmm. a shitty thing that Maybe. happens in the 90s a lot. I mean, replacement killers didn't even let, like, Chiang Fat get with the character, and all that. It's like, it, you know, it, it's shitty. Yeah. Jason Statham gets to get with the, uh, the other girl, though, in the transporter. It's probably because the genders are reversed. I mean, like, I can, I mean, I can agree with that, but I think it would be even worse because, like, when I think of like sort of like character chemistry between these, I just can't see any possible reality where Sonya and Say Lu Kang get together as like a ship. I just can't. I think it see is. It. Like, I think it is better than they did it. You know, I, I, I especially think it's if it's uh, movie Lu Kang. Yeah, I can see movie Lu Kang actually, but no, but I but totally I, 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 I I I agree where it's like I wouldn't necessarily prefer it, but I'm wondering if that's part of the calculus where it just happens to work out. Like actually, Johnny Cage and and Sonya Blade probably have better chemistry because they are more oil and water, and it actually makes yeah. more sense. So like, yeah. but but it is happened to both be white, and it's like it could have been you know it could have been one of those calculus things where it's like either which one chicken or the egg maybe it was not at all involved but i know it's a fact that like there has been definitely interviews i think robert shell talked about it and i think other people have talked about it that it was actually kind of you know new line cinema was kind of concerned about having an asian lead they were you yeah know, right Mortal combat in the 90s and that's obviously shitty and obviously should not be a big deal and it still is a big deal i mean shang chi made a big it's like you know and it's a right. great movie and it's cool that, it, that, that we have more asian leads but it's also like Mortal Kombat did that. And we're still dealing. I think my whole thing is we're still dealing with this thirty years later. We're still dealing with it. We're still having like a problem with this. Like this, this should be we should be done with this for a long time ago. It's like, one of the reasons why I, it's 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 one of my biggest problems with like the new Mortal Kombat movie. Where like why are you why, why do we have Cole Young? Like why is well, it not Cole Young? Like I've Cole said Young this is often not, it's, it's not white. It's, yeah, Cole Young's not white though. But but he originally was um, and written as drafts, a. a well, he, he, blank, blank yeah, character. yeah, yeah. Well, well, the draft I read, he was Latino, but um, there are definitely oh. earlier drafts where he was white, or at least oh, like okay. for CG white. They, they didn't make a big deal about it. Yeah, it's not even that. Though. It's like Liu Kang is the main character in Mortal Kombat. Like this is like a thing. Like he's always been the main character so why would you not even if you're gonna do like an every man storyline like every man discovers everything for the first time and he discovers it as the audience discover it that's a trope that's been kind of like old as well, time why would you not use luke king to do that like i would have loved the I'm trope kind of like question that or or johnny cage like have luke or, king yeah. be the hero like sort of like big trouble little china where it's like you know he, he's the main character or like but luke said, king is the hero he's the one that's cool young could have been takeda they, they could have been a, uh done a bunch of things but it's like it was a studio demand. They wanted a blank slate character, which I yeah. think if it were written differently, could have been cool. Because from what I understood of the outline, when I read the treatment, it read to me as like almost a uh, meta sort of movie where the, the main character is us. He's a Joe Schmo who's getting pulled into yeah, the world of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I mean, that would have been cool if they played that up a little bit more. Like the... Mortal Kombat is a video game in the movie's reality, and then all of a sudden the characters come uh, to life, it's, and it's like, oh, no time to explain, come with me. <laughs> it's like overthinking it, though. Like, that's the thing I hate with some of these, these, these like, you know, new remakes. And these, like, these, Isn't these that the plot of Monster it. Hunter, too? Where someone gets what? pulled into the game? Yeah, I, I, I haven't watched that movie because of that. I haven't watched it. I never play the games. I love Mia, but I don't love her enough to watch that movie because I don't give a shit no, about the franchise. I, I, I did, I'm I did shocked, see Josh. it. 
<laughs> what? Dude, 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 you love your Mia Jovovich. You like you are a simp for that woman. And so you will watch anything <laughs> with her in it, but not that yeah, one. Yeah, like, but... You love your Mia. I know you love but, your Mia because you're talking But not about her. that one. I'm, I just don't give a shit about <laughs> Monster Hunter. And I know Paul W.S. Anderson directed it, too. And he's, you know, they're a power couple. He directs schlock movies and casts his wife, and they're happy together. And I, I you know happy for them but i just don't give a shit about monster yeah, Hunter. yeah no and, and, I, and i and 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 it's also really lame too because like the actual tony jaw as the main character is really cool as the monster hunter huh? and like the effects are tony jaw's in that movie yeah yeah tony jaw yeah, is, is the monster hunter and so like, what? The, the, the plot the, i thought the mia was the main character okay no, she is the main character so like I mean, so what happens is she gets trapped so she's a u.s per she's a u.s military person they get trapped in this portal and so her and him are kind of co-main characters. So okay. she's like, he's like helping her train in that so world. Weird. I think she teaches him some stuff too. It's yeah, it's it's really it's not good. Um, yeah, and Don't and so and it's like just just either have either have Tony Jaa be the main character, or else I think you can customize female characters in Master Hunters. Have Mia Jovovich be from that world. I I hate this whole like we're going back like we're retrograding. Like we've had I mean two thousand one we had Lord of the Rings we had Harry you know Harry Potter actually kind of has the same thing. But we had we had Lord of the Rings, we have ninety five, we have Mortal Kombat, we we have these movies where we're set in a fantasy world, like and Star Wars in the nineteen seventies, like this threw us into <laughs> yeah. a world. You know they, what I mean? Yeah. Like what, But they always said like Luke Luke Kang. Uh Luke Skywalker is our POV character because he's part of the fantasy world, but he's still kinda he's not part of the Jedi world and all that. He's just yeah, but the thing fun. is like it's not it's not set in Earth, which is what a lot of these movies are keep like anchoring the story and like Oh, they're in Earth, and right. the portal opens, and then they're in another world. It's like, why don't you just let us be in the other world? Yeah, yeah I'm the same. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's probably a studio. Well, like I said, it was a studio-directed thing with Mortal Kombat 2022. A stupid one at that. And, yeah. but, but, but just like, why are we going back, though? Because like, I think my whole thing is like, why are we going back? Because, we, again, we've had so many successful... It seems like so weird overthinking. Fucking Dune I mean, just came out and blew blew up, you know? I fucking love Dune. It's so good. I haven't seen it, but, you know, I heard it's pretty good. So, you know, mm. yeah, you directed yeah. fucking Blade Runner. Oh, yeah, you yeah. were on that. I forgot. Yeah, I was kind of mad on that You didn't like Dune? Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I could, I, maybe I need to watch it again, but I, I was bored by it. I don't know. Oh. Well, I don't know why. <laughs> just, I, I, I tried to watch the original. <laughs> I watched the original when I was a teenager, and I couldn't get into it because no, there's just I, a lot of shit front loaded into it at it's first. Not, it's I, not. It's not good. I'm still to this day a doom ver- like a Dune virgin. Like I haven't seen anything. I never read the books. I never said. I never saw any of the movies. I am such a virgin on Dune. I didn't know anything about Dune. My mom was, was really into it. So. It was. It, I don't know anything about the books or the the old whatever uh, productions, but. I don't know. Just it started with uh, Timothy Chalamet and in his character, and just like I, I, I couldn't care about him or anything like that. And so then, whenever any of that stuff happened with you know Zendaya and all that stuff, just like I, I couldn't care. I don't know. Like it looked cool, yeah. but it was just like it had cool. We all concept. got movies like that. Yeah, I've heard yeah. people talk about Star Wars like that. I remember. You I know, talked about Star Wars like that. Well, Jay <laughs> talks about Star Wars like that because he's just annoyed that people love Star Wars so goddamn kind of much. But I remember being like in, in high school when Episode One was all the rage, and you, you like you do in school. Hey, it's the off day. We're gonna put on a movie. You know, you ever you know that meme? You know when the teacher pulls out the the TV and the stand. What are we watching? Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and we put on like in the last week of school, someone was playing Episode One, and this one girl was like, "There's just too much to to." understand and stuff like that to get into it and i'm like well not not really 
It's like you don't have to read a fucking book to watch the movie. You just watch the movie. It explains it for you. And maybe episode one's different because it expects you to see the old movies. But still, there's people that that was their first Star Wars movie. It explains it pretty well. I think just some people just. I think Dune. Get, I mean, it wasn't a. For me, with Dune. Dune's probably like that too. I think it requires like a commitment to wanting to get into the lore. And Dune is dense, dense AF. It's dense as fuck. Yeah. Right? I, I, it's what's like, interesting about about that is I think there's also like an aesthetic pleasure I think to Dune because it is a pretty like when it comes to the story I think there's a lot of great themes in there and they, but they mostly come in that second half which is like kind of crazy how it ends honestly yeah. I'll, I'll admit that the ending is pretty shitty in that movie yeah we're a Dune cast now so but, uh, <laughs> um I just find it. Combat. There's a lot of Mortal Kombat happens if you if you count the actual term Mortal Kombat because people mortally combat each other in that movie. Uh-huh. Um, mostly Jason Momoa does it. Which True. actually, you know what? Speaking of Mortal Kombat, it's owned by Warner Brothers. If they get their shit together, maybe Duncan Idaho could be in Mortal Kombat 12. It's a DLC character. Maybe. Who's Duncan, maybe. Duncan Idaho? Is that I mean, Jason Warner Momoa's Brother- character? Yeah, Jason yeah. Momoa. Yeah, yeah, like, dude, like, Warner okay. Brothers could do it. I can see it well, happening. They could nah, do it. Nah, Warner Brothers is screwed. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Talk what? about racism. <laughs> right. Wait, something happened I don't know about? Oh, the back the Batgirl thing. And it's like, there's not... Oh, that. It's not just the Batgirl thing, but the Batgirl thing is the most famous. But, dude, they've been cutting so much stuff. Like, they killed Batgirl because the test screenings were apparently so atrocious that they just right, said, hey, this movie's done. Let's just shelve it. And, like, See, shelve the, thing, the whole I've thing. I've actually been hearing that's actually not true. I've been hearing it's, it's been middling to, like, okay. Like, the, 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 they're, they're... I don't know. We're like most shows, let's be honest. <laughs> Yeah, oh. so as far as I know, like, it wasn't great, but it wasn't, like, terrible. It wasn't, like, Morbius status. It wasn't, like, you know. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, that's the thing. We'll never know, because no one's going to see it, apparently. We'll never I'm sure know. somebody will Yeah, I'm sure somebody's gonna salvage it. it in the future. Yeah. Because now sure people, somebody. that's the best marketing you could have, because now people are going to be curious, right? It's oh, like, yeah. But it's like the Union, ways, maybe, yeah. where it's like, they, they finally... Take the, he means the kids are like, oh, well, it's like a, it's an X Men horror movie. This must be kind of interesting. Any Taylor Joy's in it, you know, my C. Williams is in it. This must be good. And you watch like, oh, this did suck. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so maybe you're right. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's gonna be like I feel like Batgirl is gonna be the new Fantastic Four movie. Like not like the one that came out. Like you know, like a with oh, uh, just got But I'm talking like the '90s one. That's like that was basically made as nothing more than a rights retention type of film. Like it's got to be one of those films where like no one saw it, but only the chosen few who have chosen to work down the path will see the Batgirl movie and understand how good or bad it actually truly is. Have, like, have, it's have you guys be one seen the Fantastic Four movie? I've seen it. The '90s. Oh, one? Are you talking about the '90s one? I yeah. haven't seen. No, I haven't seen. seen it. I have. Yeah, yeah, I saw like a bootleg version of it. It is horrible, but it is. But I understand. Like what's, the Captain what's America funny movie about that, that was made back is, in the day was one of those too. Yeah, I almost feel like that movie script wise is almost better than some of the other ones, though. You know what? I agree with you. I actually agree with you because yeah, you're right. Like I would have preferred a fantastic movie, like maybe not like the effects and the execution, but the script. I think was better than what the than what like the actual three. And the script wasn't even that good. Doom it was just like. Shit. The other ones just so bad that um, yeah, it's crazy. How do we get no, the Fantastic Four? Yeah, I was uh, about to say it's like okay, <laughs> Dune, Fantastic Four, Mortal Kombat. Oh, it's like, all Warner Brothers. Yeah. It's all Warner Brothers. So yeah, we can absolutely make that connection. 
Um, but yeah, but 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 going into like when it comes to like, bringing back Mortal Kombat, it, it, it is that it's just not accepting the world. It's, it's such a crazy idea, to me. especially since like you talked about, like you know, the initial games are about people going in there, whether it's Johnny Cage as as the POV or Liu Kang's the POV or even Sonya Blade is the POV. Which like I remember, uh, you know, common friend uh, Neil, like he, he I, I've talked to him. I don't know if you brought it up on your guys' podcast, um, but I know we've talked. About like maybe Sonya Blade should be the main character in the new in the twenty twenty one version. If you're not going to make it Liu Kang, like she's the one that actually is going out learning about Mortal Kombat, learning about the arcane yeah. like tattoos and stuff like that. She's the one that like Cold's kind of like stumbles into it, but she's the one that I have actively I, doing like, stuff. I mean that could happen, but I have I have biases against that because like I mean again like this is just going to be like my own personal opinion, but. Ever since Mortal Kombat, the movie, and even the games, I've I thought it made perfect sense for Liu Kang to be the main character because he's. So Liu Kang should be main character. To be fair, I, I I'm totally yeah. Hundred percent. It's just, and I feel like giving it to anybody else is sort of degrading to him. Like honestly, as much as I love Johnny Cage, even I had problems with Johnny Cage being the pseudo main character in Mortal Kombat Ten and having random god killer powers that he eventually passed on to his daughter. Yeah. You know, Cassie. Right. I yeah. like even I had problems with that, and I love Johnny Cage because Johnny Cage to me is like a support comic relief character that's how he's always been to me and that's how he should that, stay that, that, that's actually very true like i, I love cabal oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no no no, no. i mean I, I was i was finished you're good uh, i thought you seen was gonna say something no i wouldn't say anything oh sorry i was gonna say uh, something though i mean like, <laughs> what were you, gonna, what were you, you say? say demeaning to other the other characters well you could say the same thing about sonya it's demeaning to sonya for for luke kang to be the main why not sonya uh, but it's ironic because Sonya was an afterthought character. She was originally Striker, as she was called, and it was a man. And then when they the original cast was all men, and like the developers were like or, or the the execs at Midway were like, we need a female character in there, you know, got to round it out. So they changed Striker uh, into a woman, and yeah, called her Sonya Blade. And then Great Striker's decision, concept, huh? Yeah, Great decision, and then. Honestly. And then Stryker's concept became Jax in Mortal Kombat 2. And then cool. Stryker's name became Stryker in Mortal Kombat 3. So that, that's an idea. The worst that, character that, in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, <laughs> most people agree. Uh, yeah, so even, that, even, even though I like Stryker, but I understand. I completely understand. <laughs> but I like, I like to play him. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, don't uh, worry, the movie, like the animated movies definitely know this. I was laughing at that scene. That, that so scene good. made me just yeah, bust out was, laughing. That, that was great. I, um... But he was talking. He was talking to Jax, respectively. That's kind of a little unrealistic. That's my only issue with it. But I was gonna say, yeah, oh no, I, yeah, I, 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 I think that's great. I mean, I'm the same way with the Kane thing, just because of I think there is a, there is a lack of diversity within like you know modern cinema. But I mean, luckily, like Louis Tan in the new movie was yeah. I guess it's but Luke Kane being a Mortal Kombat is also kind of uh, stereotypical too. I mean, he's the main character because he's the Chinese guy in your martial arts. Dragon, uh, enter the dragon ripoff fighting fighting game, you know. Yeah, I, it, it's tough. I mean, there's definitely like, I mean, that's if you want to go into it. I mean, there there is that weird element as as a Mortal Kombat fan dealing with obviously the 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 the, the early to mid '90s like or you know the the kind of like casual Orientalism that existed within not only right. the aesthetics but also the story and also kind of cannibalizing myths and cannibalizing. Um, you know, kind of in a probably in, in sort of a haphazard way that I think is coming to its own. I think adding the more fantasy elements, like the extra realms and the three D. Yeah. I think, and I think the newer games are much more conscious of this. 
Um, and so that's a good thing, but, but, you know, you have, you're, you're still built on a foundation of some, some pretty problematic shit. And it's, and I think it's come to accept it. And, and, and I think that same with Shang-Chi, I mean, like, if you look at very, very similar in that way, where it was created through like the seventies exploitation films that were going on at that time, yeah. where whether it's Bruce Lee films, whether it was this and, um, Luke, yeah, and Luke Cage was also from the black exploitation um, era and same with Blade and so there, mm-hmm. there was the, and, and it wasn't necessarily made out of disrespect necessarily but it also was made out of like not necessarily the most care and so like you have to build right. up from that and do you want to it's a shaky foundation but you can find ways around it and I think Mortal Kombat for the most part tries I think for the most part does a good job and I think that having Luke Kang as main character I think is at least as the hero I think my, my, my big issue with Cole Young if you want to go into I think it goes into the first game floor because technically MK2021 is kind of set during that era, um, so I think yeah. it fits within the, um, the the eras we're talking about and, and how it's been recontextualized and how it's been um, canonized and all that stuff like that. My big issue with Cole Young is he he not only does he does he displace Liu Kang, but he doesn't give Liu Kang anything else to do. Yeah. And also, he takes away the everyman stuff. From, he think he basically ruins like three or four characters because yeah, he, yeah. I agree. Because basically, like, by making the main character, he pushes Liu Kang out of the way, which could work if he gave Liu Kang something to do, but he doesn't do anything. So you don't give Liu Kang something to do to replace his his, his displacement. You also take away the everyman character of Johnny Cage. That's kind of Johnny Cage's thing. It's like, oh, I'm just a... Because like, Liu Kang, at the very least, even though he's immortal, he, as a White Lotus and as a Shayla monk, he knew about Mortal Kombat. So he was prepared for it in a way Johnny Cage wasn't. And he also ruins Scorpion because whole Scorpion's whole deal is like, oh, I have no family, and I have I have vengeance for this. But giving him a family is like, well, it kind of contradicts a lot of the stuff of his like revenge and his like anger and all this stuff like that. And then also Goro because Goro goes out like a punk, <laughs> and it's, it's, so it's like yeah. he ruins like four characters in one because they don't consider how it. Dominoes. We actually, you actually brought that up uh, in the last when you were uh, with us last time. It's like. The pain's still there, dude. <laughs> you brought up those exact four characters that the Cole yeah. Young ruined. <laughs> and, and that's the problem. It's like, you know, you, you, you can, again, like Big Chubb and Little China, you can find ways. To, if you, you, There's respectful ways you could have Jax or Sonya Blade or not someone Johnny Cage because, again, like the white guy main character. I'm not really sure that's cool, but you, you could have other characters be the, the point of view character, especially if you want to have Luke Kang be much more of the Boy Scout kind of character. And you could have him be the still and kill Shang Song, but maybe like the other characters like learn, you know, throughout the story, right? They have some like arc well, they have to At go least Ko Young didn't kill Shang Song. It just became about Sub Zero was his main antagonist. Yeah, you know? and it's just like uh, it should have been Scorpions, but you know, I mean, Scorpion yeah, got to do the he's, he's the final kill, but it's also Ko Young had to help, and it's like yeah, it's all lame. But but going yeah. back to the original stories, I think one thing I'm really curious about is how they're if they're going to actually do outworld because to me i feel like the only real logical way to separate the um the mortal kombat 2021 continuity from the, ni- the 90s movies is going full outworld because we never really did that in the movies we had um the last act right, we of the first movie yeah so we had the last act of the first movie which is all in outworld but we, we only see glimpses of it and we, we see kind of the merging and mortal kombat annihilation but we never actually we don't have the deadpool we don't have, um, you know, those 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 arenas in such a fantastic. Yeah, way. everything just looks like a. Well, they're always they pick barren places to you know. Yeah, especially in twenty twenty one. And that's why I'm. 
That's what I'm scared about. Yeah, because yeah, well, I think the they did try thing. to do like the the pit two, uh, and, and like wherever which looked good. It looked good. It looked it, good, it just... except you know, it also felt closed in somehow. It felt maybe it's because it was green screened a lot. I don't know. Something felt claustrophobic about it. Oh, it, it was, shouldn't yeah, be claustrophobic. It was it's a fucking pit. It's a pit. You're standing on top of a bridge. It should be wide and open. But and yeah, no one falls off either. It's uh, so lame. It's so lame. And wherever Liu Kang and Cabal fought, it's like they, they they did like a little postcard tour guide of Outworld, but you know, and then earlier <laughs> in the film, it's just that Australian strip mine. And the first movie, can I just, movie, say, can mm, I just say that that what, can I just say that what should be canon from like now on? Because like Cabal as a character from Mortal Kombat Three was known as yeah, the sort of like. Gonna yeah, it's like it's Brooklyn, basically right? yeah, it's like this desert or nomad. Boston. But in the movie, he's like a New Jersey construction worker, and I am so okay with that. I <laughs> I'm was, okay with it I too. Was, I'm I was a cabal happy guy. With that. I'm a cabal guy. Like I, I, I love cabal, and I honestly like. You know, he's a real I feel asshole. Like a, You're gonna love him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny too. Well, I mean, the only thing that annoys me, but it's also he's always kind of a side character. But like, I, I love his story in Mortal Kombat Three. I love the idea of somebody who was bad but was chosen and had to like redeem yeah. himself. Yeah, I love, I love, I love turnheels like that. They yeah, ruined, the they ruined Cabal lately. He's a bad yeah, guy now. But, but that's, the, the problem is also, like, it, it started post Mortal Kombat 4. Like, the, the Deadly Alliance, or was he in Deadly Alliance? He might not have been Deadly Alliance. No, he's been, supposedly uh, dead in Deadly Alliance, because uh, Movado, he has hook swords, and Movado's part of the Red Dragon, which was what yeah, the well, yeah, Black so, Dragon. So Deception was when he came back, yeah. Yeah, and, and so, one, of his, one of his moves is even called Cabal's Torment. Like, he is supposed to have killed Cabal yeah, and took his I hook hate. swords. I hate it all. Well, he beat him. But I, I haven't played. Uh, if he came back in Deception, I think it was probably Annihilation or Annihilation, Armageddon, which I haven't played. I don't know his deal there. Is he a bad guy already there? He's a bad guy in that. He's a bad guy in Deception. I know he's in Deception. Um, but he's a bad guy in Armageddon also. It's just a, it, it's totally con- and He's a cop in Mortal Kombat Nine, which is actually worse than, than, than being a criminal. And that's random too. They want to give him a connection to Striker. Yeah, I guess. like and, so and, and and that's the thing. Like I, I want to say that like I never really kind of understood like this whole like Cabal and Striker are friends because Striker kind of feels like a every day cop that gets kind of pulled in that's on his it for whatever story reason. conception and I, like, too he's it, just it, like johnny it, cage he's a normal yeah dude. like i and, and johnny cage kind of filled that role so i never understood that for striker other than like hey well, outworld's invading the earth realm and i guess striker is just this random that's cop why he that was there pulled into it because johnny and, cage wasn't there we yeah another everyman but, character yeah, yeah yeah but apparently like cabal and them are friends and cabal is already like sort of like this weird fast flash kind of like guy and i never kind of like that so i, I actually like the idea that cabal was evil from the start. I think it adds more to his well, character I mean, he, than less. He was evil from the start. He was part of the Black Dragon. It's just okay. So the story in MK3, all it is, is he was a Black Dragon, and he got attacked by Khan's extermination squads. Extermination squads exist to basically when Khan took over. They retconned this in Nine too. In Nine, they make it look like it's an all-out war with big giant demons and you know the army trying to fight him and stuff. In MK3, it's just Khan opens a portal, zip. Everyone's soul gets sucked up into a portal. He takes everyone's... It's a rapture. But there's certain souls which he can't take, and those are the Chosen Warriors. So there's like... The world's only probably like a hundred people left in it now, and that's what the extermination squads are for, is to go eliminate them out. And Cabal... Probably... I don't think it's clear whether he already left the Black Dragon before this happened, but he gets attacked by the extermination squad, and that's what injured him, put him in the mask... I don't know where he got the fast boy powers. It's just, you know, Mortal Kombat. Sonya fires rings. What the fuck's up with that? Uh, <laughs> you know, so 
and that's his thing where uh, the movie tried to say that it's Kano's fault that he got it to you know put in an iron lung, and uh, yeah. and he's still evil. And then the, yeah. yeah, the fucking I, and yeah, nine made it seem like well he quit the black dragon and became a police officer and that's how he got to know striker and then he got injured by Kentaro no less breathing fire I don't know I yeah it's pick. weird it's like for, for me as somebody who's a fan of Cabal who I knew was never going to be a big part and I was so pissed in Mortal Kombat Annihilation where they're like oh they mentioned Cabal but they don't show him all right hey and ironically they mentioned him alongside striker <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, but, but, but the thing is, is like, I like that he was in it. He looked cool. And I knew he was never going to be a big character. The fact that he had a big fight scene with Liu Kang. Like, I was so pleasantly was surprised. It's just that he fucking talked, you know? And he had such yeah. a presence. Yeah, so I, I was fine with Cabal in the, in the in 2020 movie. I'm, like, for me, when it comes to adaptations, when it comes to, like, what's the essence that you're trying to convey? And so... Well, Cabal's uh, a hard character to pick, because, like, he was kind of a side character for... Well, the, the the idea was he was a he was a sand person, a Tuscan Raider from Star Wars, mixed with the Flash. Yeah. And as, and, as far and, as and, his and, personality, and, uh, he really came to life in in Eleven, giving him that you know snarky attitude. But yeah. you know, I guess or, or or Defenders of the Realm, which thought of him more of like a, a Phantom of the Opera, like that's my favorite yeah, episode. I, I love that. that episode. As a kid, I remember being like, "Oh, Cabal, my boy!" He has this whole episode. It was like it was kind of like uh, from the X Men cartoon. I love Nightcrawler from the arcade games. Yeah, and, and he's Nightcrawler's a good guy. Not... He just I must work alone, you know. Yeah, and it's like and Nightcrawler. He like never you never see him in the show, but he had like that one really good episode. And that's like uh, that's what Cabal felt like for me for Defenders of the Realm. It was like, oh, we got the one Cabal. And he's not in the main characters, but he's got that one cool episode, and so that was really nice. Um. Yeah, it's interesting the, the kind of retcons that do happen between. There's not, a, a, I don't think there's a ton of them. I I do feel Cabal's one that got the worst because I think he has such a great arc in Mortal Kombat three, and then to totally to like re- retrograde him, he he's the most really inconsistent and they have a really hard time like reconciling. Yeah, it really bothers me that he's a bad guy in eleven, but I think part of it is there's the time shift, so there's younger versions of characters. So the Cabal we see in the storyline is young Cabal who already was of the Black Dragon and, and didn't turn good yet, I guess. Yeah, but, that, that makes sense to me. And I, he's a Revenant otherwise, and so it makes sense. Yeah. Um. And, uh, but yeah, going back to, the, 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 you know... We'll yeah, we're two. bouncing all over, but that's okay. I like that uh, we're getting into the retconning thing, too. I'd like to to, to latch onto that, too. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you oh, it's definitely sure. lore involved, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, because well, for me, I think with like Mortal Kombat two, I think that's the one where I, even though it's a great game, I feel like it has probably the worst story of the four. Oh. Maybe four has the worst, but like two is pretty close. It's literally just like, oh, we're gonna do. Hey, let's over. rematch, redo. <laughs> yeah, because I and I, I kind of feel like going back to like other aspects on a cultural level, I feel like Mortal Kombat Annihilation going straight to three is actually a smart move. The movie sucks and like the execution's bad. I feel like skipping two is kind of makes sense because it's like it's it's where you need to go because you can't do. Well, you and I might talk about Resident Evil later, but that that's why they can't do a fucking Resident Evil game that's just or a movie. I mean, that's just the first game and then do a second movie that's just the second game. No, uh, let's go. Let's pick up a pace. That's you know. Yeah. That's why you know they never did that because it'd be boring. Can I just say there's something that about Mortal Kombat 1 and Mortal Kombat 2 that I think is actually absolutely hilarious, but still it actually kind of fits in with the narrative that I think makes Mortal Kombat 2's endings a bit more justified. In Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat 1, 
um, in the ending, or, or one of the endings, if you beat the game with Raiden, right? He literally says, which I thought, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Well, like, where Raiden's Mortal Kombat 1 ending is that Raiden defeats everybody, thinks the tournament is saved, and brings in the Outer Gods to participate in future tournaments, and the Earth gets destroyed as a result, and they literally yeah. say, have a nice day. And usually... Yeah. Specifically, if, he, he's, like, bored with it. He's like, no, yes, he's to bring bored. Sword like, level. he's bored. And then, in Sh- and then in Mortal Kombat 2's ending, if you beat the game with Shang Tsung... Shang Tsung takes over Shao Kahn's armies, conquers all the realms, and they mm-hmm. literally end it with "Have a nice Have day." Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. And and apparently this is a thing to where like Raiden is bored of Mortal Kombat one if he wins, and Shang Tsung just conquers everybody as a, a as quote unquote the worst or bad ending that you can get in Mortal Kombat two. But I find it funny that from a lore perspective, if we go by that specific canon, that it kind of like uh, identifies Raiden as a well-meaning but mess up type of person in the long run because Raiden can't do anything right, right. apparently. He like he's the dad figure Once that again, fails. He's he's the This is how model. this is how the lore evolves because they didn't 100% conceptualize Raiden as the guardian, the father figure. His his prologue story in MK1 is that uh, apparently Shang Tsung personally invited him so he comes down in a mortal form, you know, he makes a human form for himself just to compete. Whereas they already had the idea that he'd be a father figure, because in the comics, he at the same time, he more or less is. And then, yeah, his ending in 2 is he's more solidified as, yeah, he he eliminates Shao Kahn and, and brings peace to, uh, restores Adenia or some shit, can't remember. But it's like there, he was just like, okay, we got a random god competing in the tournament. You know. My favorite one, though, Josh, I think this is my absolute favorite one. It's not canon anymore, but I love the fact that Mortal Kombat 1 and Mortal Kombat 2 and 3 specifically, they really try to ship this, and I'm so sorry they abandoned it. But, that, but in Mortal Melina Kombat and Baraka. 2, yeah, Melina and Baraka. I thought that, that was yeah. like, because like, it, like when Melina takes off her mask, she has the same teeth as Baraka, so it's almost like a very simple gimme. It's just like, oh, Baraka has the big teeth, Melina has the big teeth. Let's yeah, just of course go ahead they like and each ship other, them. Right? Yeah. Like Shrek and, 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 and like and I'm and, so, and I'm so shocked that they abandoned that because like in later games, you see nothing of a Baraka and Melina shift because they kind of separate their whole things. And in some ways for the better because I love the idea I love of the Baraka is a good guy now. Like, has to be mentioned yeah, I, at least as much as we can. Baraka's a good guy. Um, yeah, I do. I do love the fact that Baraka is sort of like reptile, where like he's not, he's kind of neutral. He's neither good nor bad. He's just all about being a protector of his own race, like the same way reptile is, and that yeah. makes me sympathetic because reptile is reptile, sad because his race is extinct. But, <laughs> well, his yeah. race is extinct, but he's always like trying to partner with Shao Kahn because Shao Kahn said he would resurrect his race, which he doesn't right. do because Shao Kahn's a freaking double crossing bastard. Every so, that's the thing. Everyone reptile works for double crosses him too. Poor guy. I know. I, this break. is what. This is why I feel sorry for Reptile, which is why I like him. He's a tragic character, man. He ain't like he ain't no bad guy or good guy. He's a tragic character. But Baraka and Melina, this is an example too of how the lore expands. Because uh, something I think we mentioned in our MK2 episode is the original idea for Outworlders, since MK2 was coming into this fantasy land, was that that's just what Outworlders looked like. They had mean teeth, so that's why Baraka looks the way he was. I think there was an original conception of, it might have been Baraka, would have had a cabal mask, and he would have taken off and had teeth too. And Melina being an Outworld, that's just what they look like. They scrapped that then, because Katana's, of course, from Outworld. Shao Kahn's from Outworld, they don't have teeth. 
And, I still have that. I still have economic questions well, though for Mortal Kombat because well, apparently hold on. Every... And then they then they retcon that later in MK9 that as we already know Molina's a clone, but specifically she's kind of a Jurassic Park cobbled together clone, and instead of frog DNA, they put in oh, Tarkatan DNA. So that's why she has Baraka teeth because she is technically sim- shares DNA. But that that what, didn't exist. Was she that not idea didn't exist. MK2. Uh, yeah, she was always a clone. Like, but it was also, theorized that she was Melina's twin. Or I'm sorry, she was theorized for a long time I mean, that she was Katana's twin. Okay, this will bring up something funny I, I took a note on too. But yeah, no, she was always a clone. The, the idea was that Melina and Katana grew up with Katana always assuming that they were twin sisters. Which brings up the funny point. It's like, did she never consider? It's like, well, why she have mean Fucked teeth and TV I head. don't? Does that mean they never take their masks off since they're a Sashin ninja? Uh, I don't know. But because uh, the the Katana's ending in MK two is that she discovers that Molina's a clone, it's like he couldn't have figured this out. But that was it. It was just that she was a clone created by Shang Tsung. I don't think it was until MK nine where they kind of they kind of expand and give us a little detail that specifically Tarkatan DNA was put in her, so that's why okay. she has a Baraka teeth. You know, like like in Jurassic Park, they don't they got the missing genomes or whatever, right? So they got to find the frogs, yeah. They got to put in the frogs in there, and whoops! Oh no, now we got multi. Oh, life finds a way, you know. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, I, I yeah, it's one of those things that it's interesting is like the things that, that stay, the things that expand um, throughout throughout the the, the, the lore. And it's interesting because like you know, reading the Malibu comics, for instance, too, like how much of that was like how much that probably influenced like the games and. and the, and and vice versa. Yeah, right. And vice versa and, for sure. Yeah, and right, and, and that, that's a, that, that's always what's interesting to me about some of this expanded. And I think Mortal Kombat more than most, I think, are influenced by the expanded stuff because I feel like it is such a, um, it's so lore heavy, but I think it is also like buoyed by comic books and movies in, in a way. That yeah, I think it's just it, how it evolves. You know, they they expand it and give us an expanded version in the tie-in media. Yeah. And whatever whatever is successful is like, okay, well, let's go back. Like Kano being Australian, Katana and Liu Kang being an item, the 10 tournament thing, this and that. That's another uh, funny thing, too. Speaking of retcon, it's not even retconning. It, it makes me understand, though, why they did it in the 2021 uh, movie. You've seen, I don't know if you know this, but looking back, uh, the canon endings in MK3, more than one, confirms that uh, Kung Lao dies in MK3. <laughs> I hate everything. <laughs> and, and you know uh, what? I love everything. I really I <laughs> do. Because, like, you know, if Kung Lao was dead, that means that him and Johnny Cage can't fight each other, which means that Johnny Cage wins by default because he's alive. Yeah, because well, you know that yeah, if he was, if Kung Lao was alive, he would have... Well, he dies in Mortal Kombat 3 also, to be fair. <laughs> but he comes back in 4. And guess what? So does Kung Lao, because he's in the plus edition of 4 Gold. And his story... But we're not, well, I'll get to that. But Josh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the, the new canon where Kung Lao dies, but Johnny Cage apparently doesn't. And we already know that in the new con- oh. continuity, Johnny Cage gets random god-killing powers, which is bullshit, but at the same time, sure, whatever, I'll take it. It, um, it, it and, is the... <laughs> God. It is the old canon that, that Kung Lao dies and Johnny Cage ends up living. Because it, it happens in Liu Kang's MK3 ending. Cool. He goes cool. and, and that... storms. 
Josh. Cool. Uh, then that means, in a, like, in a hypothetical real-life canon matchup between Johnny Cage and Kung Lao, Johnny Cage wins by default because he's alive and Kung Lao is not. I but would, Kung that's Lao a comes cheap back. win. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Cage anyway. is all about cheap wins, man. Do you not know this man? Josh, why do you torment me? I'm sorry. I knew you'd love this. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Nether Realm fucking with you. That's Nether Realm. Well, they, they weren't yeah. even Nether Realm back then. I, did, now I never did anything to Ed Boon. Yeah. I don't know why he does this. Midway to me. at that point. <laughs> I've ne- I've but yeah, no, Luke King sending oh, MK3. Was that Williams? That Williams? Or was that, are, they, are they just no? They the did ports? the uh, Williams was uh, who did the ports okay, um, and a claim. Yeah, uh, or I could be getting it all backwards. Or Williams might have been the parent company. Midway primarily is, is yeah, who we're talking and, about. And, and, yeah, but yeah, it's so. like Liu Kang in MK3. He he storms Shao Kahn's fortress after being enraged by the death of Kung Lao, and in, in Kung Lao's ending, he fights and still dies. <laughs> And it specifically says he goes to join the great Kung Lao, which they show a picture of, and he looks like a portly old man. Looks like a very happy, peeful old man. Who is that face. guy? Because I saw the ending of Mortal look, Kombat oh, you saw that? and Kung That's Lao's great ending. Kung I'm like, Lao. who is that? Yeah, but but who is that man? Is my question. Like, I don't know. Probably like, somebody like, on the staff, just like everyone else who shows up in these endings. Yeah, <laughs> but like, like, like Nightwolf you know, like, was like just a programmer, right? Prop, yeah, well, I think Night, so, yeah, yeah. yeah actually, was, uh, yeah, I think I think Damien's right. I think Salvita, it was right? a programmer that they just put in. Not not Native American, by the way, either. Um, yeah, of course not. Of course cool. not. Yeah. Hey, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's great Kung Lao. Semi-based off of how he appeared in the canon, canon John Tobias comic, where great Kung Lao is just this bald monk dude. Here he's he looks aged, which I don't get because he died young. Does he age when he's in the afterlife? I guess that's how that works. I, I guess oh. that sucks. <laughs> but he dies. He dies. Yeah, afterlife sucks. You age. You keep aging. What? Right. I can't be young. Yeah. I, I can't dial it back a little bit. Be a teenager <laughs> again. This sucks. I don't um, want to be a teenager again. But definitely. Okay. Definitely, if, I, if I can lose a couple years off now, be nice. maybe a, a rosy-cheeked, happy child again. How about that? Or at least my twenties again. One of those yeah, two. Yeah. Right. Um, teenage, but, teenage but, but, yeah. but healthy, um, healthy twenties. Healthy, yeah. Uh, That'd be my well, thing. It's like the twenties. Right? Was I healthy? Then? I wasn't a healthy child. I wasn't a healthy teenager. I was a healthy young adult. Now I'm not healthy now. So I guess I want to be right <laughs> at that got, healthy got, stage. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I, I, right. I, didn't, I didn't know that about Kung Lao. Actually, I didn't, I didn't want to. Yeah, I did, I, and I didn't either. And I'm the lore guy, but I guess. I never played Kung Lao much, and I guess you seem play Kung Lao much of it. I guess he never beat the game to discover. Yeah, he, he fucking wait, at least three. Was it? In th- I never played. Wait, was it the same ending in Ultimate? Yeah, same ending in Ultimate and same ending in Trilogy. Uh, since they're all three Maybe essentially the same story. Well, you might you might not just beat it. This is too traumatic. Uh, I, yeah. I blocked it out. I Kung Lao Kung just fucking dies. So <laughs> so that's why they killed him in the twenty twenty one movie. That's why they killed him and defend uh. uh Battle of the Realms. They retcon stuff all the time, a, though. Yeah, they can retcon that. We just thought that. Yeah, we could retcon that. I guess we just thought someone had a grudge against Kung Lao, but they're they're technically respecting the lore. Yeah, but yes, he does come back in four anyway. It was, was anti Kung Lao. <laughs> you know what? And Kung Lao at the end of the day, maybe someone was thinking, it's like, well, we already got one Shaolin character. Do we really need two? They're essentially fulfilled the same goals. So why do we need dude, two? Yeah. Even though I dude, love the, I... The, the the brotherly relationship they have, especially yeah, that is something the twenty twenty one movie did good too. Is just showing them like when Kung Lao rest his grand appearance is rescuing 
Liu Kang. He's like, are you all right, brother? You know. However, okay. however, Josh, I Josh, I got a hot take. I actually have to emphasize Another here, one? which I think hot is take. actually kind of right. funny. Yeah, and like the hot take is is that for future lore, um, as it stands now, the idea of putting Liu Kang and Kung Lao as sort of like brother, brother, brother is actually detriment to Kung Lao's character as a whole because it turns Kung Lao into a descendant of the great Kung Lao that's actually fighting for the you know basically for the um, for the freedom of Earth Realm to. Uh, long story short, a sort of like pseudo mentor to Liu Kang, and if you agree with the idea that Liu Kang is the main character, that his character arc is still developing and going forward, then by actual mentorship in terms of storytelling, Kung Lao absolutely has to die because Kung Lao has a relationship with Liu Kang, and Kung Lao dying emphasizes Liu Kang's motivation even more so to actually uh, continue well, the idea that he's going to be the Mortal Kombat champion. So if you actually redo that narrative, then Kung Lao is in a perpetual state of dying to motivate Liu Kang's character to continue forward the because his already best dead. boy Let just died. Be- Interesting, yeah. But I'm just saying, though, this um, has happened already in Mortal Kombat lore twice. It happened... I mean, yeah, they... In nine, they, they play that up. In nine, uh, nine he's yep. also the jealous. You know, he he's not his mentor. They they make him like his younger cousin, his jealousy Yu Kang, and then he does it, die or becomes a revenant anyway. And same shit, yeah. But I'm just saying that like the evolution of that character in two, he was just a character that was known as a Shaolin monk that was That's basically a, partners with Yu Kang. He was also in the White Lotus Society, and yep. I guess. But look how they evolved to, to, him now. Because, like, think about it. Like, what would motivate Liu Kang more at this particular point in time in terms of canon to actually beat, you know, right. Shao Kahn or Shang Tsung well, or anything like that other than Kung Lao dying, which emphasizes we, more we, we of, like, hey, a, I have to avenge my a, brother. We gave him a literal blood brother to avenge in yep, the first movie. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess that, for so, lack of that, so, we will give him a mentor. And, so you know, guess it was what? a beautiful that, moment that, when he takes up the sash and... and become it becomes the headband that was great so that means in terms of story like in terms of storytelling kung lao is meant for death like you have to just accept that in current yeah you have to accept (sighs) that for Liu kang to succeed kung lao must die so therefore (laughs) this is just the this is the nature of things like this is why like you know like when i emphasize lore this is why i'm sort of like against johnny cage being the main character because if you try to make johnny cage the main character you have to give him main character attributes so you have to give him more of like a redemption arc and he learns from his mistakes and he actually realizes oh i love my wife i love my daughter now now his wife is dead so you know he's got some growth there except he you know she comes back yeah, but in some ways, this could put Johnny Cage in tragic character status because now that Cassie Cage has become more of a mainstay in Mortal Kombat lore, what would motivate Cassie Cage more than Johnny Cage getting killed by something? Well, they already did mother, it in Eleven her, by her killing Sonya, already, by the way. Her mother already get killed. Does she really need her dad to get killed, too? Jeez. Why not? Why not? That'll motivate <laughs> her more. Like, 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 the, like tragic oh, characters we, we, we just should, motivate her. We shouldn't have to have, like, motivation always be death. Like, as, yeah. as somebody who, who's more of a, a leftist, I'm thinking, like, why can't we just have stories where people just want to help people because... I like that. Yeah, help people. <laughs> Why does it always have to be personal? Why does it always have to be? A- we, were, we were talking about uh, on our stream uh, when we were doing fight night, and we were playing uh, Street Fighter Third Strike. And uh, what's the Capoeira girl? What's her name, guys? Elena. Elena. I remember when Jay and you seen were playing Third Strike a lot longer ago. I was looking up the characters, and I love her story because her story is it isn't oh I got to avenge this somebody or oh I want to get the ultimate power. No. She literally just wants to go to the tournament and make friends. 
That's it. Like that. that is really all you have to do. By beating the crap out of people. Like, you know, that used to be an older, By beating the crap out of people. <laughs> that used to be an older way of, like, pulp um, stories, you know, or even, like, you know, some ancient stories. Like, it wasn't always, like, oh, the king, you know, it, it was, like, the kingdom's in trouble or somebody's in trouble. It was, like, a collective thing. It's, like, I'm protecting the kingdom or I'm protecting, like, innocent people or, like, seven samurais, a similar thing, where it's, like, that entire story. And, you know, is, like, Mortal Kombat is... Person. Liu Kang might be the main character, but it is also an ensemble, so there is a little collective in that too. Yeah, yeah, there they're the combat family. There is a collective. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think Johnny Cage has to die for that reason. I mean, there's other reason you can you can kill him off. That's he well, doesn't have to. He came back but... though, and Kung Lao Kung Lao did come back too. Uh, you know, yeah. as we talked about his ending in four, which I thought was neat, how he he symbolically avenges the great yeah. Kung Lao and strikes Goro, and then Goro and him shake hands. But I, I read up a little bit more, and yeah, Kung Lao's story in four or in gold, as it were, is that he he almost died. <laughs> he, he, he made it, he didn't die, and he decided to go into seclusion and uh, seek out a life of peace after, you know, mm. the events of Mortal Kombat 3. And he only came, not even telling Liu Kang, apparently, uh, and only came be. out of the shadows when he heard Goro was back, because he wanted to go settle the score. So okay. That, and that's why he's still alive. For It's canon, even though it was in gold and not base MK4. It's canon because, of course, we know Kung Lao comes back in Deadly Alliance. So, yeah. But yeah. Liu Kang doesn't. Liu Kang dies. But yeah. that's for well, the we next saw, war. We saw, him, so. we saw him die on screen. Like That's uh, that's pretty yeah. good death. Um, which that was upsetting. But that's, that's, that's a different era. Um, what's interesting to me uh, is so what, I guess on a story level... So the first game is basically Enter the Dragon meets with like supernatural elements. It's very simplistic, mm-hmm. but you know it's effective. It's 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 a hodgepodge of different genre stuff. The second game is kind of a lame story, but it, it is probably the most visually interesting. It's probably the most the, some of the best characters, some of the best mechanics. It's probably one of the best games, quite frankly. I mean, even though That's I have a soft yeah, spot for Mortal Kombat three, I have a I have a soft, personal soft spot for Mortal Kombat three. But I know a lot of like Mortal Kombat fans like two, and I, for good reasons. Like there's definitely a lot of good stuff about it. Right. And then you go to three. Because I think three adds like run adds like extra mechanics. Some people are kind of iffy about, which is fair. But but at the same time, like it also like has I think a, a better continuation of the story. You know, yeah, like Chao just Khan like, to, is, like you to, know bigger and better, just like of any sequel. Yeah, but but it'd be, it's not it'd just be like, super lame if it was just like okay, third third time, guys, let's do a third tournament. No, but, but that's like kind of the problem with Mortal Kombat Four. That's kind of what's going to get to is that what do you guys think about the Mortal Kombat Four story? Because it kind of feels almost to me like a sort of a lame Dragon Ball thing, where it's like, oh, we have a bigger, bigger, badder bad guy, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I, to really... yeah. And actually, I want to mirror Damien's sentiment. I agree because like we've been told from Mortal Kombat One, Two, and Three that the big bad is Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung is the big bad of Mortal Kombat One, but oh wait, he serves a bigger master, and it's Shao Kahn. And Shao Kahn was the main villain of Mortal Kombat Two and Three. And Shao Kahn did about what any evil villain that wants to take over the world would normally do. He's like, you know what? F this tournament. F these rules. I'm just gonna invade the Earthworm because I'm Shao Kahn and I'm OG and I can. And then now in Mortal Kombat Four, it's like, oh, there's this bigger, badder threat named Shinnok, and we have Quan Chi like kind of going in here. And I'm just sitting here like I kind of agree with Damien on this that like it's it's basically a bigger badder more uncut version it's like hey Frieza is the biggest bad ever but now we have Cell who's actually is on yeah, Earth or like exactly. now we have Boo it's just like it's just a, 
it's 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 basically it's basically a constant power creep in such a way but the problem with the power creep is that it works one maybe two times if you do it right but the third time we can see what you're doing and it's redundant and yeah. even though i like mortal kombat 4 as a fighting game story-wise eh, like like the story kind of like just doesn't it feels like it peaked in mortal kombat 3 and now we're just kind of like just kind of figuring stuff out and just adding mirror versions of other characters with different names at this point pretty yeah. much yeah I- I'll get, I'll agree with you on that, but you know at the same time it is t- it is pretty much the staple, uh, is special episodic and especially for a video game story just to give you an excuse to have people ripping their heads off, you know. And, and it is where we are now with, with Cetrion and MK11, which I do kind of. Um, different though. I I, I mean I, she, I'm annoyed by her because Titans were never a thing. Elder Gods were the highest being. They were the ones that you know split from the the one being, and now oh there's Titans. Okay. See, for gods have to have an opposing force, Josh. It makes sense. Like if well, Elder Gods, I mean, is she's like not the opposing force. She's a parent. She she is a god of a god of a god. <laughs> exactly. So, what is more like what is more detriment to a god than a god of a god? So, like, it, like it keeps so. building up and up and but, up and up and up to where like we just call them different names. But hey, this but, person is more powerful than this person. It is the Dragon Ball Z formula. If two, you really think two about things, it. It really I'll say is. about that though. One, I, I like the effort they put into Mortal Kombat Four to develop it to to set up the story with mythologies, which was a prequel, and then to you know. uh see that realized in Mortal Kombat 4, like everything that's set up in mythologies, which happened before the first tournament coming to fruition in 4, that was kind of cool. You know, we know they're Elder Gods. Shinnok just didn't come out of nowhere. Like, Raiden talks about Elder Gods. uh, He's one of them. Yeah. I I think for me, my big thing is, uh, uh, why I think Cetriana is different than, for instance, like Shinnok, or even Onaga, which I think Onaga has a similar problem as Shinnok does, is that they're not much different than Shao Kahn. Like, at right. least Shang Tsung has this, like, trickster, Loki type stuff going on, and at least yeah, Shechion changes the universe and changes, like, and it allows, like, She's young Johnny Cage to talk to, like... Yeah, but also, uh, story, lore-wise, you can have, like, young Johnny Cage learn from older Johnny Cage. You can have, like, Liu Kang to gain his heroism. And uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that, like, Shechion's existence does for the story beyond just being a bigger villain. Like, she's almost incidental, which I think is what I like about it, uh, in a way that's different than, like, Shinnok or Onaga, is that it it allows the story to expand the characters, where, like, Cetrion is sort of, like, the 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 push she's like the propul she's like the you know the, the 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 propulsion of the story but she's not the main focus of the story the main conflict is actually them with their past selves or them with reconciling where the future is going like, and, and there's a lot of cool character stuff you can do with that generationally that the time travel conceit allows like with Shinnok it's just like oh it's the, it's basically another Shao Kahn but he's more powerful like on a yeah, lore status you're right like you know Elder Gods were mentioned, but it also begs the question, like, how are they so easily defeated? At least, like, with Shao Kahn, like, you know, you've seen Raiden get killed, so even though if he's a god in the Outworld, which... That's something that that... bugged me about Shao Kahn, too, because, like, my original idea of him is he wasn't... He's just a big, beefy emperor, but they... I think in, in the Netherrealm canon, he is technically a god emperor, like, he, he yeah, is a god. Yeah, he was originally... He was originally Outworld's god, like, Raiden, but he became... But he betrayed... Onaga and he betrayed uh, who was it? Oh yeah, I guess since I didn't play uh, all through Deception and all that, I don't know that lore yet. So that yeah. might hey, be we'll get to that when we do our lore catch up for the PS2 era games. 
but yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm not as, I'm not really as aware of that um, as I am of the original four, and and so to me, I think the Chinook stuff. I think my issue again is just like if they had because like what's cool about I don't want to talk about Deadly Alliance too much, too much of the PS2 era, but like what's cool about Deadly Alliance at least it changes the status quo. Like you have, you know, yeah, you're not having Deadly a big Alliance. bad. Like it's, it, yeah, it's like you know that answers my question because I was going to ask Jay. It's like, well, what would you do different? What would you do uh, other than the next biggest batter person? And I guess Deadly Alliance answers that by having you know our two previous devious snakes teaming up, and it's not a yeah. biggest big grand thing. It's just okay. We got to get rid of these two assholes. I definitely, yeah, I definitely and kind also of like it, it. And also allows by killing the main character, it's something that's, that's very different than like these kinds of stories usually go. You yeah. don't kill and, off, and not in that way. Like I mean, like you know, talk about how I, I love the Last Jedi, and it does kill Luke Skywalker, but it's different than yeah. like the way it is. Like it's not, it's not surprising. Like, or it's Iron, like, Iron Eagle Two kills off the main character from Iron Eagle One. <laughs> what? But no, but no one except me has watched the Iron Eagle movies. So <laughs> is that that is that is that the teenager Top Gun? Movies. Yeah, it's basically it's low. It's poor man's Top Gun with a teen cast and Luke Gossett Jr. and there's four of them. Um, oh, jeez! So the main character. <laughs> if Neil were on here, he, Neil's never said anything about him, but I have a, a intuition that Neil probably also loves the Iron Eagle movies. Or at least knows they out. exist. I don't know if he doesn't yeah, love them. They're yeah, great they movies. Exist. Yeah, uh, well, well they're not I great guess. movies. But anyway. <laughs> Same uh, thing. But, they, they did the shocker. They killed off the main character in the second movie. Yeah, and this great. this does that. And it lets Mortal Kombat Deadly Lines be like what I've been saying Mortal Kombat is, an ensemble. Because now, there really is no main main character. It's pretty much Kung Lao, Sub-Zero, and Sonya, and Johnny Cage. Just the leftover good guys collectively being the the good guys. But one of the things, Josh, that I will say that I think that I respect Mortal Kombat 11 specifically for doing is that, like, at least to me... When they rebooted everything, at least with like like with the soft reboot, like started with Mortal Kombat Nine, they sort of like put Liu Kang away from um, main character status and kind of like went with the ensemble cast. Like even though I think it's pretty easy to sort of see Johnny Cage as the main character in Mortal Kombat Ten, really he's kind of not because everybody had kind of like their own storyline they were kind well, of going 10, through. Ten, he definitely is. He's a revenant he, through the whole thing. Yeah, and like, and even and even then, the idea behind it was like, hey, let's introduce this new generation. We have Takeda, you know, we have like Cassie, we have um, Jax's daughter, who I sadly forget. Jackie, ja- uh, Jackie. Jackie. yeah, okay. yeah, you're Jackie. Yeah, Jackie sorry, and, and, and and Kung. I had his crush on Jackie, so I definitely remember. <laughs> yeah, so like, we have like these new generation of characters that we're trying to introduce without trying to be too simpy about it. But like, at least in Mortal Kombat 11, which I absolutely respect, is that they returned main character you're the chosen one status and even then i don't like the chosen one dichotomy in terms of storytelling i'm kind of tired of it but if you're gonna do it at least like do full committal and make it work this is why i'll always say that because mortal kombat kind of did that from the get-go even with mortal kombat one because blue king has always been the quote-unquote chosen one in terms of like hey the greatest you know the greatest story ever told we already know this if you're gonna Mm -hmm. do that then do a full commitment to it and have blue king be that character and at least in mortal kombat at 11 they went back to that because Raiden has always considered Liu Kang more of like a, a sort of like a father-son dynamic and they honored that and that's why I respect it in Mortal Kombat 11 we're making like Liu Kang as the natural successor to Raiden as the god of thunder and god knows what else at this point so I'm kind of like happy about it but I 
this is why I always have problems in past Mortal Kombat games, where even in Deadly Alliance, where you have Shang Tsung and Quan Chi kind of conspiring to kill Liu Kang as the main character. But at least if you're going to do that, if you're going to kill the main character, then you're going to be full committal to it and not have just someone like the Comic Relief, for example, be the main character in your story, which I think it's just kind of like, it kind of like dilutes the entire thing because well, like Johnny okay, Cage is allowed like to grow it, it, and he well, has well grown. that's the thing like it's kind of bad in this way not just imagine kidding god killing powers imagine imagine if Street Fighter in Street Fighter the canon storyline it's like Bison and Sagat teamed up together for whatever reason and they killed Ryu and then they just killed Ken for shits and giggles and all of a sudden Dan becomes the main character for whatever reason and all of a sudden we have to follow this Hado you know, basic person who doesn't know how to do much of anything oh, of Hado because he didn't train with That gives an opportunity for character growth. Because, uh, like I said, ten. I don't yeah, know but it's very, but, but ten, it's so very, it's, it's 11, very though, not. It's, it's very not 11, that character though. All of a sudden, Dan is your main character but, you when know, you had Ken and Ryu he, for like most I, of the I series. Say, I would say Ken would probably in that analogy. I think Ken would become the main character because he was always. The yeah, but what if they killed Ken? What if they killed Ken? But I think the analogy would be if you're making Johnny Cage the main character, I think it's more likely to make Ken the main necessarily Dan. Dan, yeah. to me, is more like, I, I don't meet or something. Yeah, he's more, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's true. He, he's yeah. more like mocap or striker. He's more like striker. If I, if for, for a real analogy, he'd probably be like striker. Um, and, and less than like a Johnny Cage equivalent. And but I look at Cam Johnny more... Cage. Look at Johnny Cage in 11 and not so much 10 because yeah, giving him God killing powers is a stupid old, but like, you know, just seeing how he contrasting he is from his young self or like he is matured and he's taken up responsibility yeah, and, and that's and why it, i think it works with the power creep because her time powers actually lets the characters grow beyond just like oh she's too powerful for us like, yeah well i also i also hate the story situations introduced in that because yeah sonya kill off sonya oh my god oh sonya's back the younger self okay <laughs> you know this takes takes yeah. takes some of the blow out of that you know yeah, it's interesting. There's it, it, definitely it's not perfect by any stretch, but I think I, I just like what the attempt it does. I think that that's where the power creep. Well, in I also hate time fuckery. Jade doesn't either, but time fuckery after we've already done time fuckery in MK9, we're doing time fuckery again. <laughs> you know, true. yeah, I'm kind of with Josh on this one. I'm not a fan of time fuckery, like again and again and again, where you just keep rebooting everything. Just like MK12 is going to be, from what we can guess, just like 10. A reset in the timeline, you know. So it's like... I think oh, to defend it just a little bit, I would just say this: is that I really didn't like where the canon went after Mortal Kombat Nine. So I like the fact that they actually, I think, are able to do a, a full. Maybe that's why they did. I'll be honest; I didn't play all of Ten's story. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Nintendo bro, and I was living with Jay at the time that Ten came out, and we played just versus. And I played a little of the story, and I've seen some of the movies, and it's basically a retelling, kind of, of Four and Deadly Alliance, it is. sort of, with more politic, yeah. outworld politics, and all that. And but I, which I kind of liked, like, I yeah. like that. And I, I, I was going to say, like, I think, do you think that like Mortal Kombat is probably the most successful of the new generation type things? I'm trying to think of like other. Cause I know like Street Fighter Three tried to do that. I know that um, it's a little bit. Um, well, I'm not very familiar with Street Fighter Street Fighter's character roster, but I've gushed before about the the combat kids. I mean, Takeda and Kung Jin kind of faded to the background, but I think MK's new characters, like I think uh, Cassie and Jackie, 
fit right in and they feel like yeah. they feel like combat family now like and they're going to be in the next game well okay maybe not if the next game's like ancient tournament but they're going to be in future mortal kombat games for sure for you sure know? yeah so it's like i think if, they're successfully like, like, doing that if i had to pick one though i think that kun jin would be the one that like kind of like fades into the background i think takeda yeah, has. has a lot of po- yeah i think takeda has a lot of potential but absolutely like cassie and jackie absolutely like those two i think have solidified themselves the fact that you added layers to them because cassie is not just johnny cage's daughter i mean like and sonya's daughter like if you wanted to say that then i guess you could but what identifies cassie more so is that she has a little bit of her mom's and her dad's personality and the fact that she's sort of like part of the special forces and she has she's her a own goddamn millennial ca- yeah and she and she's a goddamn millennial so she has she that starbucks cup and her earbuds that'll think that will carry her into future games and jackie to a degree too because jackie has a bit more of a character too being jack's daughter but jack's they've kind of changed jack's character along with her inclusion because jack's is sort of like hey i'm og military i smoke cigars and i like do things yeah having the cigar thing being his trait is kind of weird too i think they just wanted to turn him into a trope a little bit yeah, and Takeda being like more related to Scorpion, I think, can have something to do with anything. Kung Jin is... I can't think of where they can go with that character, though, unfortunately. Who was Kung Jin's kid again? Was he like... he's, he's Kung Lao's cousin, right? Right, Jay? Uh, you seen? Kung Jin? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I don't remember who Kung Jin was. Because you like Kung Jin. We were arguing about and see, that. Right? And see, and here's the thing. This is my point. You know who Cassie is. You know who Jackie is. You know who Takeda is. But well, you, Takeda but isn't all the people, son either. All the I like people that have dynamic. to do a double take about who Kung Jin is. And that should tell Takeda, you something right Takeda there. Takeda is Kenshi's son. Yeah, he's Kenshi's kid. Yeah. Exactly. And he's, he's trained by Scorpion, which I think exactly. is cool. Exactly. See, you have memories of these three characters. But I, I already knew Kung Jin. Kung Jin. I already know he's like Kung Lao's cousin. He's a relative, yeah. Yeah. But what's um? Well, let's take off. Go back to the the first four games. Yeah, what, we're getting what, ahead of what ourselves. You guys think had the best story? Hmm. I, I'm gonna go with you three because it's just the biggest, baddest, expandingest epic. It's not even a tournament; it's war, and it, it lets a lot of uh, opportunities for exploration of this character or that character's story, and it has a lot of cool visual flair to it yeah three totally yeah okay what as far as like like as the question is which lores are favorite out of the out of the original four games hey it's a story it's a story i mean because like cause the collective can, story can also i guess mean different things potentially like is the characters is this I, I i mean literally just the story yeah so if i had to pick one i think my favorite in terms and this is just more long term in terms of character development that is still stuck around i actually think one is probably where i'm gonna go and the reason why i say that is that it sort of drops these hints for future relevance for these characters that is still stuck stuck around in like basically today like okay johnny cage is he 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 wins the tournament and he decides to, to film another movie. They've already they've already kind of stuck him in this realm and I feel like that's his best realm. He's just a Hollywood star that happens to be good at martial arts and he just does things. But I also love the fact that if you go by Mortal Kombat 1's ending, Raiden is just this god who wins the tournament, has the elder gods basically participate in the tournament and then 
earth gets destroyed and you have a nice day, you know, to quote like Tobias and his sense of humor. And I kind of feel like that carries over because basically it says that Raiden, you try, but you suck and you fail and you're just not a good person, like no matter what you do. And I kind of love that about Raiden's character. He's a god who's flawed. And I love the idea of flawed gods because... Yeah, I love blunder gods because God as a concept to me, you should be flawed because f you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, um, but the thing is though is that I like the idea of Liu Kang being main character status. That makes sense. And then I like how Kano is always like the worst of all worlds, where like he wins and everybody is just worse off for it. Like it, like he didn't take care of the world or anything. Just everything is well, misery because Kano wins. And not I not in his MK3 ending. Huh? Not in his MK3 ending. His well, MK3 that's why ending. I like his Mortal Kombat 1 ending, Josh, because I think his Mortal uh, Kombat oh, 1 yeah, ending there is the go. best, yeah, in my okay, opinion. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that he wins, and everything just turns to absolute shite <laughs> because, like, he wins because he's just this freaking gang thuggery guy. So, of course, like, he doesn't know how to rule multiple dimensions, but he still wins anyway. I think, that, I think that's just at least honest. So I'm going to go with MK1 as my favorite sort of like lore ending. And even then, if we go into like Mortal Kombat 2, I think Reptile's ending in Mortal Kombat 2 is the best ever because he literally says like, hey, you know, you're enslaving my race. I'm going to fight you to basically prevent my race from becoming like enslaved. And I'm like, yeah, that's very easy to get behind because Reptile's like, I'm fighting to free my race from slavery. Yes. Like, this is why I like Reptile. Reptile is all about saving his people. I can absolutely respect that. That's why I've yeah. always liked that character. I also like his ending things, too, uh, for MK2. He's in the forest somewhere, and he takes off his mask. Yeah. And he's got that cool, googly-looking dinosaur head. And yeah, he he's happy. a T-Rex head. It's like, it's, it's yeah. so cheesy. I love how cheesy it is. It's literally like a like a ma- like a Halloween mask. It's like yeah, someone wore one of those raptor heads or something. Yeah. What about you, Yassine? What do you think is the favorite out of the four? Story-wise, uh, I probably may also go three, just because... Of how much it sets up, and how much how much is going on as compared to the first two games, uh, between the worlds merging and all that stuff. I think like half of three's endings say, "Hey, we're gonna be back in Mortal Kombat 4. Like half of three's endings say that. Like half the people there, like we're but, gonna be yeah. back in Mortal but Kombat. But I do, and they always they always call it a tournament too. They'll be back in the next tournament. Well, it hasn't yeah. been a tournament since two, but okay. But I, th- I do think four's story is interesting in the way that like Shinnok and Quan Chi and all that stuff gets set up for like Deadly Alliance and all that. Yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know. It's between three. I think three. Three is the one for me. Okay. Even though I love two, but. I was gonna say I, I was gonna I was gonna immediately go to three, but I I, I will say that the argument for one is pretty strong. I think yeah. One thing I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna say three because three is the one I grew up with. Three is I I like the visual style of it. I do like side striker. Striker does give a pretty big negative, but um you know it's the one that gave Jack's arms. It's the one you know there's a lot of cool stuff and then the robots are there and stuff. But one thing I will say I think there is a simplicity to the first game story that I think is pretty oh. cool. I think there is an elemental element to the first game story. Yeah. Not to sound too pretentious, but like you know it, it it's a very elemental story. It's a very much like you know, it's, it's, it's a smaller cast of characters. It's a, it's, it's a very clear stakes. I feel like the stakes of MK3 are pretty clear too. Kill Shao Kahn, but I think there is a little more. It's it's much more straightforward in the first game. I think there's something kind of cool about that. I just like the aesthetics better in the third game. I, again, the, the extra roster of characters, and also, especially if you count M- Ultimate MK3, which I do. I mean, Ultimate MK3, I don't think yeah. it doesn't really contradict anything. 
uh, lower I mean, lines, so I think they both can count. Mm, um, I mean, aesthetically, I, I I still say two is better. I just love I love the simplicity of two because it's like it is a, enough of an upgrade from one, but it's not as like they threw that, everything. They threw the everything. Into, stuff looks fucking cool. Yeah, they they threw shit. everything into three, and that has positives and negatives for me. So aesthetically, I think two is the best. Gameplay wise, I think two is the best. Story wise, it's pretty simple, and like you guys, I think you guys said that it was like basically one again. But yeah, and that's why that's why yeah. I don't think it really it goes down. I never really thought yeah. about it, but yeah, look at looking at the story of MK two, it is kind of besides each character's personal story and the expanding like Katana Melina and all that. Yeah, the grand story I guess is kind of lame. It's just second tournament. Um, I've actually I'll told. Note, I, I, oh, uh, I was gonna say one thing I'll note about two though. Um, so I've in past episodes, you know, I've always had like sort of problems with Scorpion being sort of the mascot of Mortal Kombat because he's sort of like the anti-hero and my family, you know, kind of dynamic, which I've always kind of you're like. About had. To, you're about to yeah. poke my little. My little yeah, pitch, yeah, I know. Like, I like, I've kind of done that because, like, I just kind of hated that a cool character like Scorpion is just basically like, oh my god, my family's dead. Like, I've just kind of hated that trope for a while now. But I will say, well, he, he got over co- that shit for a little bit, and and two. So give him credit, dude. Well, well, I, I'm about to, Josh. Like, I will he say, got over that it this he dynamic. Yeah, yeah, like, like, and it, like, but that's the thing. I'm giving him credit for that because even as early as Mortal Kombat two, Scorpion has a sense of arc and humility because in Mortal Kombat 1's ending he kills Sub-Zero aka you know like you know basically part of the Lin Kuei but in Mortal Kombat 2 even as early as his ending in Mortal Kombat 2 he spares the Sub-Zero's life in that game because he realizes this is not the person that killed my family this is just merely his brother small correction see- uh, his family's not killed that that wasn't his family until was killed that wasn't until MK4. I'm the I'm the Scorpion stand, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll elucidate. You. I'll take your word for it, Josh. His <laughs> revenge quest in one is purely for his own murder, as we come to discover later happened to the events in Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub Zero, um, <laughs> and that's all he's avenging. And his curse is he's defeated Behan, but he cannot see his family, and he must live as you know a specter. And it wasn't until MK4 that Quan Chi is like, oh, did you know? Did you know? Uh, Gaming 101, did you know? Kwai Lang uh, was part of the, the group that killed your family, too. Guess what? Your family's dead. What? So, yeah, that didn't come until 4. Anyway, continue. Yeah, but I was going to say, like, you know, like, um, Sub-Zero's status as an anti-hero and not just, like, a villain. Uh, I think Sub-Zero's purely in... hero. Well, and, and number one, he was not. And... and Younger Sub Zero Kwai Lang, I would definitely after at, at the point of three where he becomes a chosen one, he's definitely a hero. Yeah, like I think he's more of like a hero now, but at least like going back to Mortal Kombat too, he definitely uh, like sort of antipathize, which is not a word, but I'm trying here as a antihero in Mortal Kombat two, and I feel like he solidified himself in that realm. And and the fact that they did it that early makes me think like, okay, you. You created a character that evolved into something that you didn't expect, so you kind of retconned him into to be this anti-hero as opposed to the villain, and then of course he became the mascot. And of course, I've always had problems with Scorpion being so the you're mascot. You talking about Scorpion or Sub Zero? Okay, Scorpion. I'm talking about Scorpion specifically because, like Sub Zero, I always thought was cool, but he's just he's not Scorpion. Like he's that's just 
that's not a contest. Scorpion's gonna be is gonna be the cool boy at the like at the kids' recess session every <laughs> single time. It doesn't matter how you like how you strike it. That's why he's on all the covers. To be you know, fair, like, it's it's the nineties. It's, this is a very yeah. edge lordy franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. People I like their rage like, characters. But to be honest, we have to be self aware. If Mortal Kombat was a Marvel property, Venom would be the main character. Let's just yes. Yeah. Uh, but before Scorpion became a nuanced character, all of his vocal communication is screaming. Yeah. So. Also, also, probably Ghost Rider would be the main character if we're gonna if we're gonna compare Scorpion to yep. a Marvel character. Probably Ghost Rider. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, with this. literally an inspiration for Scorpion. Yeah. So. Yeah. And this is why, like, you know, I've always had problems with Scorpion because I've always thought that, like, why why is it Liu Kang on all your covers? But apparently Scorpion is the edge lord. He's well, he's got a skull and he breathes fire. He's from hell. Ed Boon's favorite character. That's it. But also, like, he's yeah. not racist though, because at least he's Japanese, and so at least I well, that's good. Yeah. Well, that became a thing too. I don't think they explicitly said what his nationality was. They, just I, that he they, was part I of. I think a... they did in the first game, didn't they? It wasn't like a Chinese Japanese well, thing. Well, his, his backstory is a. Uh, you know, the Lin Kuei are a Chinese ninja. Ninja has its roots in Japan, but uh, there is, you know, a lot of historical, which they pulled, you know, from of a offshoot group broken off from Japanese ninja clans formed in China. And that's what Sub-Zero is based off of. And the idea is Scorpion is a former member of this Chinese ninja group, which is why he wears the yellow, because the Shiryu, which was not a term yet in MK1, Lin Kuei was, however wears yellow to mock the Lin Kuei. Oh, yeah, I so heard about that, yeah. I guess that they didn't think about whether Scorpion was Chinese ninja or if he was from Japan. The Lin Kuei, uh, they developed to be... They don't discriminate against who joins them. Uh, fucking smokes like Norwegian or some shit. They, they steal yeah. kids and train them like from Polish the beginning. Or something, yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know if they had an idea from the outset that Scorpion was Japanese, but he did eventually... I think it took till the nether, probably the PS2 era games, for him to get the name Hanzo Hisashi and be, be Japanese. Okay, that makes uh, sense. But he was also, you know, played by, I guess you could say it's progressive, but he was played by a white guy. You are Daniel right. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't like uh, Chris. Daniel Pacino, who played Johnny Cage, played yeah. uh, him in the Scorpion. first three games. And then, yes, in the movie, all the ninjas, Chris Kasamasa plays Scorpion. Keith Cook, well, Reptile is a wizard anyway. Uh, Who is it? Some French, it was a, it was a name. French guy, yeah. Was a, yeah, yeah the highest ranking martial artist in the movie, by the way. Yeah, played Sub Zero, and then Keith Cook became Kwai Lang in the in Annihilation. So yeah, yeah. It wasn't until fucking twenty twenty one. Say what you want about that movie, but at least we got a a you know Asian Asian ninjas. <laughs> That's true. And Raiden. That too. is very true. And Raiden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, then again, they're, they're, I mean. Going back to lore and stuff like that, going back to like the the positives of twenty twenty, it's probably one of the few things that's actually really positive in that movie is like the, the diversity. Oh, I think everyone that. agrees. Like Scorpion and Sub Zero, just make the whole movie just them because that they, they're the best part in the opening for sure. Yeah, and so like that that, that that's cool. I mean, for sure. Um, but that's like one of the few things. And of course, blood. But like blood, yeah. That that's it. But uh, my complaint about it too is don't do CG blood. Do some fucking Tom Savini shit. Right. It's like, and it, uh, yeah, although apparently it's uh, Elliot told us he found out that the 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 head smash Jax's head smash fatality in Reiko yeah actually used or maybe you told us you seen I can't remember actually used practical like obviously there's CG and compositing in there but there was practical like prop for the head pop yeah he actually pl- he he smashes something that explodes yeah 
Same with the uh, same with the Kung Lao's fatality, where they just spray a bunch of like bullets really? in his face. Oh yeah, that yeah, definitely yeah. So was she, physical. So it, must, it, must been, it must have been that shot. I have to say, there's almost no way you could do that. I mean, I guess there's ways you could do it, but it'd be really yeah. tough to do it practically. You'd have to like make a whole. There was like, did you hear about that thing with the the the, the thing, the the 2011 one? Was yes, they were gonna make it all practical, and then the studio no, was they like, did. That's the, they that's the did, yeah, part. they literally did. And the studio was like, no, CG cells, they do CG. CG over it. Yeah, so they, yeah. they made it, and it was like, and and they had a producer come over and be like, oh wait, if you turn the camera here, it looks like shit. It's like, yeah, we're purposely designing the shot where you don't see that. And it's like they just didn't get it. It's like no, yeah. so fucking frustrating. the shots. It's like, but no, um, but yeah. So that's the one thing about uh, I I I, I do like about um, because I like Scorpion. Uh, to be fair, so I'm actually, but but because I, I get that, uh, he's my man. Yeah, so I so I, I I get the frustration though. So I kind of I kind of understand where you're coming from because, you know, I think a lot of problem. Like you talk about Venom, and you talk about these kind of antiheroes. Like Boba Fett's another example of this, yeah. um, of kind of like recuperating the characters. I feel like Scorpion's one of the better versions of that, but I I do see that, the, and I think also the franchise has a lot to do with it, right? Yeah, like I like I kind of respect it though because like Scorpion has never been the main character of Mortal Kombat, but he's the mascot of Mortal Kombat, and I've always sort yeah. of like been like kind of like curious about that. Like, what's wrong with Liu Kang? Why can't Liu Kang be this? Why does it always have to be Scorpion? And and th- and that's coming from a biased point of view because like because everybody that I knew when like when they were playing Mortal Kombat one, two, and three, and everything, everybody was always playing Scorpion. This is why like whenever I play Mortal cool. Kombat, I will never play a- Scorpion. I will. Never play him, and I and and I will because he's will got a unique hard. voice. He's he's got that grunge '90s too. He screams get over here. Exactly. The only yep. other character that has a yep. unique voice is is Liu Kang, and I guess Sonya. And Josh, I will simp hard to the end of my day. Is that in the '95 movie, Johnny Cage beat his ass? I will well, always yeah, simp did, for that. <laughs> so you know, it's like every day for the rest of my life. But and, and this is no disrespect to Scorpion. He didn't beat his character. ass. He got it's lucky because he had weapons. Like he's not you my. I'm just saying he won. Never... But he didn't beat his ass. He didn't win. Johnny Cage's <laughs> ass got beat until he fell into a pit, and he's like, "Oh, cool, saw blade and a spear." <laughs> he cut his skull off and gave him the friendship autograph. You no, yeah. no, he won. That. We're agreeing he won. We're just disagreeing. If he didn't have weapons, he would have been toast. Toasty. <laughs> um, but still, like, this is sort of my like problem because, like, if there's one thing I tend to sort of like, I've kind of like, I'm, like, I'm kind of biased against this now, admittedly. But like, when it comes to '90s Edge Lord characters, like Punisher, like Ghost Rider, like Spawn. Venom, like Lobo, you know, like all these like comic Edgelord characters that sort of end, but I find them funny and I find them jokey. And at least with Lobo, Lobo embraces the joke, and to a degree, Ghost Rider does too. But yeah. when you get like Punisher. And, and even Venom embraces the joke sometimes. But when you get, like, Punisher and all that, I'm just like, you're not nearly as cool as you think you are, dude. And this is why I have, a, a like, an inherent problem with Scorpion. Not well, necessarily being a character, but him being the main mascot character in Mortal Kombat. Well, I don't care if he's the coolest one that everybody picks. I feel like Liu Kang should have more, you know, because he luckily, is the though, main character. Scorpion has evolved past the my, my revenge shit since the fucking my first family. game. It only resurfaced in four and... You know, I guess this is my time to to speak up on Scorpion. I know you knew I would, right? Because yeah. like his story with Sub Zero's story and everything is like my favorite part. I want to write a book about it. But it's like <laughs> Scorpion in the first game, he event he event he killed Behan. He avenges death. He's still cursed. He's still Ghost Rider, whatever. But he's cool. Second, only 
the only reason he comes to the second tournament is because he hears. I don't know if there's like tabloids in, in the nether realm. <laughs> that, <laughs> uh, so he has like D&D, you went to a tavern. Yeah, rumors of course, you know, that would all be retcon to that Quan Chi was there from the start manipulating Scorpion. He's even the one that created Scorpion, apparently. Uh, that wasn't present in the first three games. But yeah. that, the only reason it came back is because he heard Sub-Zero's back. And he's like, the fuck? It's kind of like in uh, the 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 uh, Mortal Kombat Rebirth, the legacy uh, concept, where yeah. you know they they entice Scorpion to come in because Sub Zero's back, and he's like, "Wait, I thought I killed that motherfucker." I kind of like that part actually, not so much Rebirth, but yeah, he comes back, discovers, he watches him spare someone's life, and he's like, "Oh, maybe he's not such an asshole after all." And he discovers this is his brother, so he pledges that he's going to protect him. That's like the least rageful thing you could do. He, he's he's self, he, you know he. He's understanding. He's a little bit at peace. That's game two. So he isn't uh, He isn't so much edge. I mean, I guess he's still edgelord. He's still got a skull for a face and all that. And then after that, he's always been kind of relegated to joining the bad guy's side just because, like, he's there. And then he always, like, betrays him. His story in three is Shao Kahn wants him to join him. He's like, okay. He's like, oh, wait, no, can't, can't. Sub-Zero is a chosen. I can't fight against Sub-Zero. I guess I gotta kill you now. <laughs> And then, and then four is Quan Chi comes and tells him that Kwai Lang actually killed his family. And he's like, the fuck? So he joins Kwai Lang's forces until he finds out what's wrong. And he then, joins Quan Chi's forces. Yeah, I'm sorry. Quan Chi's forces. Thank you, Damien. And then, and then we have that wonderful ending, like Mortal Kombat 4's endings are, where, you know, it's like, you know, he defeats Quan Chi and Sub-Zero and Scorpion, you know, even though he was his protector, they had beef this game, and they squashed their beef again. He's like, live, live well, Lin Kuei Warrior, and Sub-Zero goes, all right. I will say <laughs> the one thing I kind of like about Scorpion in future games is that I like the fact that like him and Sub-Zero can like sit down and have a cup of tea together and just talk about their shit. Yeah. I, I do Every, like that. Everyone likes to play up the Scorpion and Sub-Zero hate each other thing, and that literally is only the first game. And then the yeah, fourth. I it kind of irritated me that they brought it up in the fourth. It's like they forgot what happened in two, but it... Is because of Quan Chi, that Konami motherfucker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Scorpion goes to some great places in uh, the next few games, Jay. It's like, I don't even want, you know, we, we haven't covered those games yet, but he goes to some great places, yeah. let me well, tell you. Well, kind of, what's kind of funny about Scorpion, too, he's like a perennial loser, too. As cool as he is. Yeah, because like he, he, he does lose just, big time in the, Deception, In the grand stories, yeah, pretty much the only one he really wins in is MK1, I think, right? Like, Essentially, I mean, wins, but he still can't see his family, and he has to live a yeah, you know, yeah. Life. But 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 usually, like, yeah, I mean, any big thing happens. Yeah, there's a whole big thing going on in, in uh, Deception, for instance, where he's like a total like jobber, and it's uh, but yeah. but he's, he, he and I think that's the best way to put Scorpion. He's kind of a jobber. He's kind of a cool jobber. Where it's like you like him and he looks cool, but story wise, he kind of is inconsequential. I think it's kind of what. You know, going back to the 2021 version a little bit, I think trying to put that square peg in circle hole, like you try to make Scorpion the main character, which they are trying to do through Cole Young. Yeah, and that almost irritates me, even though I am a Scorpion stan, like making him almost like the de facto hero. It's I like an great. anti-hero. I like a guy who's an ass. So remember, he's an assassin. He's not a good, honorable person. That's why he went to hell. He's a fucking killer, you know? Yeah. So like, I like I like the, the bad person that by consequences is good or bad person that might be seen as bad. It's not really that bad, but Scorpion. Yeah. Now and like, uh, Scorpion's revenge in 2021 is pretty much the hero. And I like it, but don't like it at the same time. 
Yeah, it, it's a it's a weird fit, especially because like, the original drafts of the script. I, I read uh, earlier drafts. Of, oh yeah, I know uh, about this. And he's he, he literally was. He only Scorpion. shows up at the end. Yeah, and he's working. No, no, for no, but, but but he was he was a de facto Scorpion though, in terms of like his power. Cole Young's power. I think I don't think his name was Cole well, Young like, at that time. It was Cole but, Young. But, uh, got Scorpion's powers, and Scorpion, yes. the real Scorpion, doesn't show up until literally the end. And he's like, it's his son. Yeah. It's like Cole Young is Which like is his Lano. son. It's so stupid. It's, I think it's Cole Turner in the script I read. I, I'm glad they changed it for the movie and actually put in Hanzo Hasashi. But, you know. Yeah, but still, like, in its own way, it's it's, 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 it's a fucking mess. But yeah, but, but that, that, that goes into the lore, though, again, because how things grew, right? Because, like, certain characters... Like, this happens in everything. Like, Boba Fett was, like, just a background person to, to, get, oh, to, to, get, to get Han Solo in Empire Strikes Back, but then it becomes... And everyone like, latches on to him because he's so cool! Exactly, and then or you look at like I can't get over the fact that he died. He fucking died in the Sarlacc pit. Boba and Fett show doesn't too. have any. He, yeah. he died. He died at Three Stooges thing. Oh, where is yeah. he? But like, and and, and uh, you know, they also brought up uh, Venom earlier, Venom. right? And and when Jay brought that up, and it's like because the issue is like he was originally just an antihero to or, or villain to Spider Man, but he got so popular, looked so cool. That they like expanded him to a way where he can't handle the weight. Very few characters like they can handle the weight. You know, like they they're, they can look cool. They can be side characters, have their own little maybe mini adventures. But being like main characters, you're right because you have to you have to imbue them with certain attributes that maybe are antithetical to what made them interesting in the first place. Like that's kind of the whole book of Boba Fett thing. And if you look at, like, you know, how these characters have evolved over time, and there's a lot of these. I think, like, Punisher is, like, the only one that has survived it. But, like, every time you get these edgelord-like characters, they've often devolved into a joke of some type. Like, Venom, and this is very much emphasized by his, by basically both his movies, by the way, which I enjoy, but I still agree with this. Venom is a joke character. Lobo is a joke character. Um, because Lobo is basically a joke character. Didn't, didn't Deadpool Green. start out as a straightforward, serious yes, character? Yes, yes, he did. And he and he and, and Deadpool devolved to the joke character of all that antithesis. This is why Deadpool or so evolved. Popular. Maybe Dead, yeah, Dead, Dead, Deadpool. Deadpool is the absolute antithesis of Edgelord joke. Like that is what he is. That's why he's so popular. He's just ultra violence, but he's Bugs Bunny at the same time. Like yeah. that's. That's the whole reason why he exists. And almost all these other characters that were created in the early 90s have devolved into that. And I have a fear that once you move along the timeline long enough, Scorpion is going to devolve into a joke character. And well, I feel like... Well, Damien just said, like, Scorpion's handled a little bit better. And he's kind of gotten past all that shit. He's like, you know, now he's at peace. Him and sub current canon, him and Sub-Zero are besties. And Scorpion's very calm. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I think there's, like, there's, I think there's, like, three paths that these kind of characters can go. I mean, four if you count obscurity and just not ever existing again. But, like, um, I think one is, like you said, they become joke characters. They become unself-aware and they become, uh, you know, it's hard to take seriously. They become camp, a, a version of camp. Or they become jokes, they become self-aware, which is like Lobo or Deadpool and things like that. They become self-aware of their, you know, edgelordiness. They use that as a joke. They use that as a way to expand upon it. But the last one is, I think, what Scorpion falls into, and I think Boba Fett un unsuccessfully fell into, because other characters are more successful at it than others, is becoming sympathetic. Is where they kind of, like, take away the edgelordiness because they become more sincere. So there's, like, yeah, I think there's, like, sincerity... Deconstruction, which is where I put like Lobo and and Deadpool, or uh, or obscurity, 
or again self-parody where it's like they don't know they're being parodied i think i think lobo and deadpool are a little different than like other of those characters that 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 has become jokes where they're not supposed to be like unintentional jokes where lobo and deadpool are purposeful but like i think i think scorpion is one of the successful versions of the ones that become sympathetic where they gain sincerity and they and they become like character like maybe not three dimensional characters. I like to think it's pretty three dimensional, but like you know, at the very least, like two dimensional characters. They get away from the one dimensional. Like, oh, I'm angry and bad and cool. And, uh, and there's only so many ways you can go with that character. And I think that making them sympathetic, making them actually heroes, making them actually have dimensions. I think Vegeta is a good example. I think Scorpion is closest to a Vegeta. They had to like you know because he's like. He was bad, anti-hero-ish, and did some really awful things, but then he became a real character. He got married, he had kids, and he... I think that's closer to what he is, and I think that, like, the fear I think you have is is when... I'm trying to think, what's the Dragon Ball Z character that basically became, like, a joke because he was, like, badass, but actually wasn't badass? Like, like was it... What would it be? Honestly, the first one I think of in terms of that is probably Piccolo, because Piccolo, I feel like, is... But Piccolo's a little bit different, because Piccolo, he started off as this big evil threat in the original Dragon Ball, and then he was beaten, and then he became, like, basically through Dragon Ball Z, the world's best dad, because Goku sucks as a father. I um, think, honestly, I'm to say, I think maybe Piccolo's closer to... Actually, maybe, might be closer to Scorpion, actually. Cause I think yeah, but like, see, Lord, but yeah. the difference is that Piccolo hasn't really been relevant until very recently in Dragon Ball Z canon because it's basically Dragon Ball Z for probably the last I'd say at least the last decade at the very least has been the Goku and Vegeta show uh, Piccolo's just it has been nowhere near the power level to even compete and Dragon Ball Super sort of emphasizes this but I worry about Scorpion kind of falling into that category I think he can overcome it but there has to be some interesting pivots in his character to do it because there you can only rely on oh my god my family died you know for so terribly long but the way where... what me and Josh are saying is that that's a bit of part of his character character for a very long time like for the last yeah three games, but he needs like, to move above that like you can only emphasize that for so long because how many other characters in mortal Kombat have a family tragedy as their main motivation for being and pretty much I no, can no, think what of we're none. saying is like he's moved past it because he, he was like trained to kata and he's and he's like friends with sub-zero yeah. like for the last like three games that's not been his thing yeah, but, like, what is his motivation after that? Cool, he's friends with Sub-Zero, everything with his family is squashed, he's moved on. What well, is well, his he's motivation been, now, for Now me? he's been killed, so... <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like he's still undead. So, basically, like, I feel like Scorpion is at this pivotal point to where he, he could have the potential to evolve past Edgelord joke status. And I kind of I mean, want him has. to do that. But he already has. I want to, I think he already yeah, but has, see, yeah. Mortal Kombat 11 didn't solidify it. It hinted at it, but it not perfectly solidified, solidified it. it. They had T and 10. And he was angry in 10 because he fucked up everybody's day by, you know, killing Quan Chi early and all that, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but so, see, that's the thing, Josh. I don't then, think, then, I think, I think he, he hinted he's at it in 11, at but he did not solidify it in 10. I need he, more than that. At least they solidified it in 11. You never hear him raise his voice in 11. He's always very calm. He's cool. Him and him subsume yeah, exactly. adventures him together. Yeah, he's in 11, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think and then he gets killed. So, and yeah, even, it, even as, even as older self, or younger self, Scorpion proper gets gets to chill out when he sees the Shiaru Fire Garden, and he's like, "Oh, cool!" And you know, so he even got to chill I, out. I, 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 yeah, that was a cool scene actually, where like the young, yeah. it's like young Scorpion has to like convince them. It's like, "Oh shit!" Like the story. I don't know. It's cool. I mean, I I, I get the, I get the frustrations though. Like I I totally do about Scorp about like I, I think Scorpion. My personal opinion, I think he kind of overcomes it, but I think that is a bad trend in, in nerddom generally. 
I think yeah. it is a legitimate I think that's, thing. I think that's where most of my frustration tends to come from because Scorpion sort of started out as that. At least we can say, and we said this in an early episode, how Liu Kang unequivocally started off as a Bruce Lee clone and he has evolved enough past that to be his own character and my thing for the greater good and that's a really good thing but I feel like Scorpion has kind of held on to this edgelord status until very recently and I feel like he's at a turning point I'll give credit where it's due it's just that he hasn't at least to me, not solidify that status yet because I feel like he's in this weird realm where he could go in a bunch of different directions and they haven't oh. quite picked where he's going to go yet and it could easily pick the wrong direction. And I think you might that's be right since, since he is dead and his younger self has taken over the mantle and it probably is a moot point because they're going to start over the timeline yeah. again. So it might just be more angry Scorpion if he comes back. Yeah, we'll know. see. I, I can see that being a, being a fear. But, yeah, and that's but the, and that's why I have that fear. To and be so honest. I'm thinking of like other characters like that are that are important. I think that I would say, like Johnny Cage. We've talked about Johnny Cage. We talked about Scorpion. I think they're just, I think those two have the biggest arcs. I think we talked about Luke Kang a lot. Um, I mean, where are some other characters? I think before we before we maybe start wrapping up, like where are the characters I think we want to talk about that are I think really. I you talked about Reptile. I talked about Cabal. But mm-hmm. like, where are the characters I think that stand out in the first four? Because to be fair, I think those are some of the classic characters, you know, with a K. I um, I will I will mention that I feel like Reptile can go places. Now, granted, this is my biases. I really like Reptile as a character. He's one of my he's he's basically one of my mains for a reason. He, I mean, he's probably like my last main, but he's still a main nonetheless. Mm-hmm. But I've always sort of loved his story because he always felt like, in my opinion, the true anti-hero because he's not really like he he was situated as a bad guy, but he's really more fighting for his people as opposed to Shao Kahn. That's been pretty consistent throughout his arc and i feel like that can go places because we've never actually seen his race in any mortal kombat game we just know that he's fighting for it and he's kind of in this weird realm of like he started off as human and his character kind of devolves into a reptile as sort of like a future canon as opposed to a past canon and i feel like there's enough interesting things there to where this character has more potential for growth so i want more of him if i had to be perfectly honest because i feel like he has more potential to grow as a character as sort of like an an original og um but I feel like a lot of the other OG characters have kind of hit their wall. Like, I could see Liu Kang kind of going forward as this more I mean, sort of god of thunder. He's a god and mentor now. Yeah, he's got yeah, lots of Yeah, he can to go. go forward. But as much as I love Johnny Cage, I can't see much more where he can go other than be a father to Cassie. Like, that's his that that's his character now. He's a father to Cassie. There's nothing more that he can really do. I, and think, well, eventually- I think what Johnny Cage could potentially be is is trying to relive his glory, which I think that because I think that Jax is a character. I think he's closer to that, where Jax is willing to be like Jax kind of retired more yeah. or less, and just kind of. Jax has anything. more potential. I feel like Jax can go further than Johnny can because Jax really hasn't had much of a time to shine, other than I'm Sonya's best friend. Like that's kind of what Jax oh, yeah, was originally. PTSD. I mean, did you not play? Yeah, he did have a little PTSD in 11. Yeah, he's sitting and he just yeah, drinks he did beer. Have that. In an easy he did chair. have that, admittedly. Yeah, he did. And that was taken advantage of. Actually, you know, cool. and I like what they did to Jax, having him tempted by uh, Kronika to join her, and he literally does and gets a badass costume. And I, and I like the fact that, like, you never, it never takes his sympathy away. You you totally get, like, he's yeah, not for the You understand why, yeah. And, uh, and I think that, like, but I think when you're talking about like, oh, there's nowhere for him to go. I think Jack's close, not in a bad way, but he can still be a fighter because he's still protecting his daughters. I mean, but on a story level, on a character level, 
I think he can be like he's he's I, I see him as somebody who's willing to be like you know what I can just like chill and, and stand back while Johnny Cage I think you could you don't have to but you could move him forward and make him be like a uh, like try to relive his glory like he's like he can't be the dad because he's like oh I gotta be glory again or I gotta I gotta like yeah. make these old action stars you know start with Sylvester Stallone still making movies Arnold Schwarzenegger still making movies you know even they probably shouldn't. You know, he does like, an expendables like type thing, like he tries to yeah, join forces of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's like you, you, you can definitely see. There's, there's ways you can go. I mean, you don't have to. And also, again, like it's kind of a mute point, like like uh, Josh talked about, where it's like Mortal Kombat 12 is going to be, I mean, by almost necessity, be a new timeline. So like all this character development that happened in 11, it has to it has to end at like whatever it ended. Um, and once again, that's it, why I hate the time fuckery thing because it just renders everything moot. That is kind of annoying. But, yeah. I, I did love that Katana beat Except for Liu Kang being a god, you know, yeah, that's yeah. cool. But when it comes to other characters, I'm trying to think like that. I mean, I, I would say that Katana, Katana would be one for me because, like, I I was yeah. interested by her in the beginning because, like my antiheroes, it her allegiance in Mortal Kombat two at the outset wasn't clear. It's she's Shao yeah. Kahn's daughter. She's an assassin specifically, uh, and all it hints is that it's you know. I guess if you have two brain cells, you pick up on it. But it's you know, it, she's been seen talking with her from people, and her sister Melina has suspicions and is to follow her and all that. But you know, at the outset, still, yeah, she is a not quite sure if I can trust her character and stuff like that. And of course, she is ends up being one of the most important MK characters because she, you know, not only is she the adopted daughter of Shao Kahn, she has ties to the original realm, and, you know, she's leading, you know, Adenia once it gets restored, and yada, yada, and yada, 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 so I just thought yeah, she was I, I think, I, think she's, she's, I think she's really interesting, and I think that she has, I think that it goes into the storytelling that Mortal Kombat has, and even though it's very tropey, even though it's very, you know, there's, very, there's something very Shakespearean about it, which I really enjoy, it sounds pretentious, but it's like, you know, I think there's something about it, like the tragedies and, and, and the mixed like allegiances. I think it's what makes the new game somewhat work is that they're able to, to deal with the politics in that way. It gets more complicated. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone's just a clear-cut bad guy or a good guy. Yeah, and I think that's what makes that really work. With, with it, it seems simple, but it's like a lot. You know, a lot of games on a lot of stories and just in general don't do this. I mean, of course, you have characters like. Shao Kahn, who are pretty one-dimensional and lame. Because I don't yeah. like Shao Kahn. That's one thing I will say, like, you know, within the first... Like, I've come to the conclusion, I think Shang Tsung is the much more interesting villain, and he is... He's more interesting because he's conniving villain. Absolutely. I agree, because he's much more manipulative, but I will send for Shao Kahn for, like, a second, though, because uh, Shao Kahn, to my... He's one-dimensional, but at least he's one-dimensional with purpose. He's like, hey, I'm a dictator. I just want to rule everything because I'm evil, and I'm going to hammer it home. I mean, okay, sure. Like, no and, and then he has a... Yeah, and, like, and he has, like, at least, in, at least in my opinion, a really interesting relationship with Sindel. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I love their relationship, Sindel Kurt and Shao Kahn, especially, yeah. especially, especially when they're both into it. I actually find that fun. Um, but, it, like, is it really interesting and, and character dynamic-driven? No, but at least it's <laughs> simple and to the point. And that's a character, boy, who changed a lot as Sindel. And we don't have to talk on that because we talked about it before and everyone knows, you know, Sindel's yeah, it's, deal. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's one of those weird things because they're both tropey and, and, and a problematic They're very way. tropey, yeah. Because one is like, the, you know, the fridged character that, um, you know, is used to motivate another character, which is kind of a gross trope. But also, like, the girl boss thing is, is 
fine, but it's got its own issues like Femme Fatale and like, you know, the fear of strong women is, is, is where that fantasy trope came from. But it's like, is it more progressive? Eh, I think it's a lateral move, personally. I don't really hate it. I don't, I, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I think, I'll, I'll say this, I think I prefer the original version because I feel like it has more emotional oomph to it. But if there's something, I guess, interesting about Katana having to come to terms with her view of her mother and having to like recontextualize it. So that could be interesting. I don't think they really capitalized on that, but I think uh, on a theoretical level, on paper, that could be okay. I, I just think when it comes to progressiveness, I think it is a lateral move at best. I don't think it necessarily makes it more progressive than the, the, the trope, because the trope was still bad, you know, but it, 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 I think it had more purpose than maybe the other one. It was, I think it was like maybe overcorrecting, but I don't know. I, I, I think she's fun, and she's definitely fun in the MK11 like intros for sure. Yeah, everyone loves her in MK11 for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I, like I'm I'm kind of with that because I love the idea. I actually think that's one of the better sort of reverbs ever because like oh Katana's mother she was enslaved by Shao Kahn but she's actually a good person. I love the idea that like no she was just she like she basically Shao Kahn wooed her with power and she's like yeah I'm into yeah, it I'm just up. gonna become a, yeah Jared I think that's way sucks. more interesting for Katana's character because Katana has to reconcile with the fact that hey. My mom is just an evil person. Okay, and I have to deal with that. I think that's way more interesting rather than like, Mom, I have to save you from this evil person. Like that that is a tropey thing that's been done many times before. I like the character dynamic where like, hey, now we don't have like just Shao Kahn as the big bad. We now have like Queen Sindel, who is also the big bad, and they're into each other. They consent. They're just like, yeah, we want all the power. We're just going to like be evil and we're going to have fun doing it. And I feel like there needs to be more characters about that. I like the idea of characters who are evil and they enjoy it and they don't have a tragic backstory to it. Like, no, we're just evil because we want to be because it's more fun. I can respect the simplicity of that. I guess there's some truth to that. I mean, I guess at a certain yeah. point, especially now, there's been less of it. Um, in media, but like I, I do though uh, Saturday morning cartoon level sometimes. What do you think you see? What's your opinion on that? On Sindel and which version mm-hmm. do you prefer? Uh, I, I will say I did. It was cartoonishly fun seeing the seeing them together in MK11 at least. Okay. It was <laughs> it was ridiculous, but it was fun. Uh, I didn't really get too much of that in the first four, or at least in the in the third game or whatever. Uh, yeah, which I guess wasn't really, retcon. yeah, they retconned that. So, I, so Sindel was never really a character that I cared that much about. Yeah, and the only reason why I liked her in the movie is because she was so bad at it. <laughs> yeah, it was such a, it was such yeah. a, it was pretty bad acting. It's, yeah, uh... but uh, Shao Kahn, I've he was like you guys said, he was always the the one at the top, but he wasn't the most interesting for me. Like, like you guys said, I Shang Tsung was the one. That's always been the more interesting one, especially when it's like, you know, him having to like prove himself again and again, but also scheming in a way to get to the top as well. Like he's always just the more interesting character. So yeah, and uh, I, I loved aftermath a lot. Where yeah, like it, it was yeah, like you're like you know because like they all know they're gonna like the heroes know that he's gonna betray them. They here's he another knows, case of like you know, know a bad character joining being good. In this case, we know. That Shang Tsung isn't good, but he, you know, shaky alliance right now. You know, yeah, exactly. And I, I love, and, you know, I even love Shao Kahn has done that. As one dimensional as he is, Raiden and Shao. Wait, no, it was Raiden and Shang Tsung. I'm sorry, that had to. Yeah, it's always Shang Tsung. It's always Shang Tsung. 
Yeah, my yeah. problem. Okay, my problem with Shao Kahn, honestly, is my own kind of biases. I just don't like war god villains. I think they're boring, and so yeah. there's, yeah. there's an aesthetic aspect I don't like about him. But I think he works. Going back to the Chronica thing, like she worked for as propulsion for the stories. So I think as a propulsion for the story, he's fine. Like he, he yeah. works, and it's not like. But in terms of like extending him, my issue is he, he's definitely diminishing returns. That's my big issue with him. I feel like like you know, it would be first, cool. Here's an idea. What what if, you know, characters changing allegiances again? And I, I was going to say something like one-dimensional characters. Are, I love that there's so many characters of different allegiances and they're not all bad or all good, right? Like, I was going to bring up Quan Chi, too. Quan Chi, wonderful villain. Could never imagine him being as good, though. He, he is a snake from the beginning, yeah. like, always. But, like, what if what if there was a story where Shao Kahn joined forces with the good guys? What, what if well, he, like, put aside his, his evilness? Well, I feel like that's what Kotokan was, right? I mean, yeah, like Kodo, I, I, I like Kotokan a lot. He's actually. a leader. Yeah, I do too. He's I've very. I Kotokan was cool. He's very saber rattling, but he's not. Well, maybe he's not saber rattling. Like he, he, he wants to bring peace to Outworld. And, but so, he also, yeah. he also, is, he's also a product of his time. So he's like racist against Tarkan. He's basically learned to stop being racist yeah. against Tarkan. And he's like, you know, I, 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 and he's also dealing with like shaky political stuff. He has to make some bad decisions, and like it's, it's interesting. Yeah, that's my he, favorite shit about Ten. Yeah, Honestly. and so, like, and, and my problem with, like, Shao Kahn, again, is just, like, I think, again, it goes kind of, similar to kind of Jay's thing about Scorpion, which is, like, his purpose is fulfilled, right, in the first, like, three games, I feel I feel like. And obviously, he's not, he hasn't returned for four, so he actually is legitimately dead at the end of three, for all for all we know in this era. And, uh, and but he works for, because in the first game, like, you know, he's he's the kind of background villain, because, like, because he's, he's mentioned in the first game, not by name, he's mentioned as the Emperor. The Emperor, yeah. Uh, but he's mentioned, like, he, he exists. And so the sequel's like, okay, we're going to bring out the Emperor we had alluded to into the sequel. And then the third game is like, oh, we're going to blow up the entire universe. This, 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 and that's what makes it a great trilogy, honestly. It's like four kind Shamelessly of borrowed from Star Wars, by the way. Like, they even admitted it. Like, Shao Kahn is Palpatine. That it's makes the same sense. relationship. Yeah. And, and, and like, but but also in terms of also blowing up the, the universe and, and and having a new status quo at the end of Return of the Jedi, they, well, it kind of sucks they, they blow up a Death Star again. Actually, that movie kind of sucks. But, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is like, you know, but but at the end of the day, like, they, 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 they change status quo. Darth Vader's dead, the Emperor's dead, the Empire supposedly is gone, and like, the Rebellion's gonna move up. And same at the end of number three, like, we killed Shang Tsung, killed Shao Kahn, and Shang Tsung again, and, and but then finally... so- somehow Shao Kahn returns. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, but, but, but I think that's why, maybe that's why I kind of like three also, is I feel like there is a conclusion to a story. And I think my big actually, yeah. that could... I actually, no, I, I agree with Damien a lot on this. Because, no, he, like, he's right. Like, yeah, it, three. Yeah. Yeah, three is sort of like conclusion to a story. Um, and Shao Kahn, I definitely agree with Damien on this too, because you know how like we, how like I I often talked about how like you know Scorpion is sort of like this edgelord character. Shao Kahn kind of fits in this trope, but the difference being is that Shao Kahn was never meant to be an antihero. Shao Kahn's a villain, like through yeah. and through and through, and his goal is to blow up the ocean or crash the moon into the <laughs> earth. Like that is his cartoonish level of villainy. Like he, there is no gray area. He is pure evil from beginning to end. And we have like, we know the stakes. We know that he's the bad. There's no, 
there's nothing else we need to know. Everything else after Shao Kahn's character is just him having fun being a bad guy. That's all we expect from him. And so if that's all we get, then I feel like you can make that a, a signature part of his character so he can still be relevant and fun if that's what you're going to do. Just make him fun and make him a villain and have him like do like cosmic villainy on a level that is just cartoonishly fun to do. And you're going to always succeed. Don't give me expectations like with Scorpion where like, He's a good guy, but he's kind of a bad guy. He's in this gray more area where we don't know. It's just like, stop giving me guessy games. Just give me a character with expectations that I can see that are simplistic, and then give me a fight of good versus evil, and then we're going to be good. Like, that's my, why Shao Kahn, I feel like it's still relevant, too. I, I, I think my issue with Shao Kahn is just he's boring. Like, I feel like you can yeah. have, yeah. You can have a I can see evil that. villain, and, like, again, my advice is of that type of villain, but type of evil like I, I think that like that's why i think shang song works because he's like he is powerful and he is evil and he's he is cartoonish, he, he's cartoonish and you know what shang song's shang song's depiction in outside media has pretty much been consistent because that's his character from the outset whereas shao Kahn they had played with because shao Kahn and annihilation was a lame daddy's boy oh, and so uh yeah actually uh in in jeff meek's portrayal of him in conquest we gotta admit, he is fucking scary as shit. Like, he is not the big, beefy, I love being evil Shao Kahn. He is the paranoid, he will torture you, and, you know, he's he is frightening in there, and it almost makes him interesting, because he's got a little bit of human side to him, too. He's, he's, he's paranoid sort of about the idea. It sort of leads to the idea, Josh, that if we're going to have an allegory to more like relatable like media that has been exist, Shao Kahn is Megatron and Shang Tsung <sighs> is Starscream. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for no, sure. Totally. Oh, that's, that's, that's definitely that's definitely like the. I the, guarantee you, in the history of the world, someone's made that comparison, no doubt. Yeah, Absolutely, sure. yeah. But, it makes but, sense. But I think my big issue, yeah, going back to the Shao Kahn thing, is like I, I just think I don't have a problem like one-dimensional evil like and being fun i just don't think he's fun that's, that's probably my biggest argument against shao Kahn. i just don't think he's that fun i think he is yeah kind no of i can agree with that and well i mean i don't know maybe i don't agree with that he is fun because he's fun to look at and laugh at yeah I, I i actually do happen to think he's fun even though i can understand why people would not well, find him maybe he's fun, fun now because it's like, mk11 reference does MK11 yeah. appearance almost borders on parody and maybe that's why he is I fun i like now. him in more combat 11 yeah. he's not the main yeah. villain and, he, and he's sort of a joke, and it, all the Trump elements are fun. Like make out world that, great that, again. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's honestly no joke. I think that's honestly if Shao Kahn's going to continue Mortal Kombat, that's the realm I want him to be in. It's that he's yeah. another combatant. He's a, he's in the story, but have him see the big bad. He just sees two. Like Kronika has, like she's pure evil. He thinks also, he's a big bad. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like that kind of undercutting that, and and I think that with. Kronika, you know, she is interesting. There's interesting stuff about like her motivations and and like you know, it's, it's she's not really gray area in terms of morality. Uh, yeah, she's not bad. She just but but but, but also but also but she's also yeah and again and and, uh, and having a pure evil like fun character, I, I'd be okay with that Mortal Kombat. But like all the other villains are so fucking lame. I mean, Shalkon actually is much better than like Onaga. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I agree fucking about, about Onaga. But then again, I haven't played. All the way of Deception, so I don't know enough. Or Shinnok. Shinnok is so fucking boring. Oh my god. Yeah, I agree compared, with that Compared too. to the other ones, compared to Shao Kahn, as much as I don't like Shao Kahn, Shinnok is just... He's At so least Quan Chi's pretty good. Uh, I, I guess, I think people yeah. might all agree. Well, 
I mean, yeah. he's he's like he's another Shang Tsung. That's my only, that's my only problem with him. I, I think Neil might have brought this up. Someone else brought this up, and I but I think it was Neil. But like, if it wasn't him, it was somebody. And I kind of agree with that. Like, it, my only issue with Quan Chi really is that he's his function is almost exactly like Shang Tsung, which makes Deadly Lions kind of interesting. Yeah, they're like they kind of realize that. And of course, they're gonna you know they're so they're so uh what's the word uh snaky that they're gonna betray each other too you know conniving like, yeah, conniving, the thing yeah. Is though, you could you can make a dynamic work with that and i feel like they need to push that more like quan chi and shang sun have the ability to be Tyrion lannister and littlefinger from game of thrones where they're just constantly in this like head game battle chess against each other about who Tywin? can manipulate who which i think would be a lot of fun to actually see jay do you mean tywin no, not, Ty- not even Tywin. No, I'm, I'm thinking Tyrion specifically. Tyrion Lannister and Littlefinger. But Tyrion's not, not a bad Tywin. guy, though. Huh? Tyrion's not a bad guy, though. No, but he has I'm that sort of mental gymnastic. <laughs> he has that sort of manipulative mental gymnastic with Littlefinger that I think who's, still kind of works. Which one's Tyrion? Tyrion is Peter Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Okay. Tyrion's Peter Dinklage. And yeah. Littlefinger? They interact? All the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah they have oh, like okay. a... What, well, okay, so maybe not Littlefinger. Who's the other guy's name? Who, Vare. Um, he's the guy. He's the eunuch. Um, the eunuch in Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. Okay, that makes much that, more sense. Okay. That guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, they I, interact. I, was, I probably should have said him because though that guy. Now, granted, I don't think he's a bad guy either, not in the long run. But the mental gymnastics and the manipula- manipulation that those two have with each other is sort of what Shang Tsung and Quan Chi could have, where they both have an evil agenda and they both want to be the top dog, but they know that there's only one top dog. So how do they like betray each other and manipulate well, each other? In they such definitely, a way? they definitely play with that in Conquest for sure. Yeah, I, li- I like that. I actually like that a lot because, like, you know, Shao Kahn obviously has the power imbalance. He's obviously on top for sure. And so Shang Tsung's trying to usurp him. But if you have like, you have, to, you're not powerful enough to defeat them by yourself. But you still need help. But you want to be on. Yeah, that's an interesting dynamic. And and again, it can be fun. And, and again, also things were like again, like where Shang Tsung in aftermath works with the heroes, knowing that like, you know they know he's going to betray them. He knows they know he's going to betray them. So the, the tension isn't is it go, is it going to happen or not? Which I think is really good writing on their part. They're not trying to convince you the heroes would fall for him. They're like, okay, he makes a point that you, we need his help or he has knowledge that we need, and that's you know what we'll use. And that could be interesting. Uh, and, and there's other villains. I'm trying to think of other villains that exist. I mean, there's like Lex Luthor types, like you know, Gamora Mastermind types, which isn't quite the same as Razagul, uh, maybe. Yeah, or it's like more technology, or more like power in other ways, like like. A and that's something. Person. And that's something. Admittedly, I feel like Mortal Kombat needs. Like, if we're talking about trophy characters that could theoretically work in Mortal Kombat's timeline, we do need a Lex Luthor type villain, like someone who's not from Outworld, but someone from Earth that wants to take advantage of all this chaos and basically rule everything for him Kano? or herself. Huh? Isn't Shang Tsung from Earth? Yeah, Shang Tsung's original well, from Earth he, too. So. He, he works for Outworld, though, I think is different. I guess Kano, yeah. But, yeah. but the difference in Kano is I think Kano isn't powerful in that way. Like, he's yeah, so Kano's more Kano's more of like a bebop and rock steady level. Yeah, of that's, a good, that's a good analogy, because he's he's too chaotic, he's too mercenary. Like, he's yeah. too... Yeah, like I agree. He, like he's very impulsive, because like one thing makes Lex Luthor such a powerful villain, and one of the reasons, is that he's very methodical. And Doctor Doom is another example of this. Doctor Doom and Lex Luthor are kind of similar archetypes. And... You know, they're very, like, industrials, industrialists, and they're very, like, patient, and they, they play the long game, the macro game. That's the opposite of Kano. 
Now, granted, yeah. I would love to see a Mortal Kombat ending where, like, basically Shang Tsung and Quan Chi defeat Shao Kahn. They're fighting for the plot MacGuffin device to rule them all. They it basically falls over and let's just say for whatever reason it lands in a toilet in a bathroom somewhere and Kano awesome. happened to finds it and he has a Beavis and Butthead moment where he's like uh, this is gonna be cool and he just like picks it up and like rules the world I would love that like, <laughs> oh my god that sounds um, cool <laughs> but uh but yeah so, so, so I think that like that's a tropey character that could be interesting and fun and fun to hate you know there, there's a lot of things you can do that could be like a former you know, I guess that's Shang Tsung. I was gonna say a former Mortal Kombat champion that turned her head. That's literally Shang Tsung. Um, but yeah, so I guess, like, yeah, Shang Tsung has a lot of those tropes because he also he is kind of the more mastermind, like macro thing. Or maybe Goro. You know? Goro is also not a full-on bad character either. I uh, like Goro. Yeah. Goro needs more love. He really does. I like Goro a lot. I think Goro's he could right. be cool. Yeah. I, but I don't think he's ever Goro's main villain. I, I I always think he's he's he's. Yeah, you know, like like Josh was saying, he's sort of like he's not really a bad person. He kind of was used. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think like where could they go as a villain next? Um, and I think that's actually a question we I guess we could we could think about a little bit. Um, because if you think about what's the because tr- like we look at you know this era, the one two four was definitely about escalation. It was definitely about like here's Shang Tsung, here's the Emperor, and we. Still do the Emperor again, I guess, for two two of the games, but I guess his like plan expands. But then we have Shinnok, so, who's an elder god, who's like more powerful than Shanks. Supposedly, I definitely, I definitely feel like if you're gonna do a new villain, it has to be someone from Earth Realm. It has to be a Lex Luthor mm-hmm. type who's not powerful now, but because of just all the chaos of the realms, this person inserts him or herself into the scenario where they slowly take or get support like like support from Shao Kahn they get some uh they get support from Kronika they get support like you know from Shinnok they sort of like are smart enough and manipulative enough to pull all the strings to gain more power and then it becomes like hey Outworld and Adenia or whatever it is and the Nether Realm and all that they're just all incompetent I my I being a Lex Luthor type like takes it over <laughs> Would you say like an Adenian villain could work too? Like, say for instance, like Liz that would yeah. work. I think an yeah. Adenian villain could absolutely would rain work. Yeah, fall into I think that? that'd be interesting. Is it rain kind what? of uh, not not entirely heroic? And he went to become well, his own no, ruler. No, no, well, I meant more like the Lex Luthor type. Like you know, it, it's oh. yeah, a Lex Luthor type. It's 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 kind of feel like where it needs to go. Like someone who is just very behind the scenes, gaining power, and maybe they're not like an actual fighter in the game, but you fight them in the end. She, yeah, she's and they have all this power. And she, she betrays everybody because she turns out she sided with Shinnok and four. We don't really know why. Maybe she's no, we, got we, her own no, we, no, we know why. I think, I think she power. has like I think her parents are held ransom or something or like oh was that it fuck yeah something like that she she has she has somewhat of a sympathetic reason but it was like not enough to justify what she did oh she seemed really enjoying you know pulling the rug from uh under Wu kang (laughs) but she probably had no love for earth roamers i guess but yeah i agree i I guess way to go i was even thinking in my head like right now we have uh the social forces and this actually was was introduced in our era, which or the era we're talking about, which is Mortal Kombat Three, which is the special forces gain technological powers. Yeah, techn- right. Outer world technology investigation yeah, agency. Yeah, so they're able to like travel the dimensions. In fact, actually, the intro comic book for MK Four had that as a plot point, where she, I think, she had a yeah. she had a portable television. We talk about that too. Yeah, they uh, they literally use nuclear power to make a portal to an uh, outworld. <laughs> So, so I think that like if you can have a special forces villain as somebody who's me, who's very anti-military industrial complex, that'd be really good for you know lefty like me. But 
If not, I think a Dandian Industrialist could be good too. But I, I like the idea of a human villain because like, we don't really have that. Because I mean, like you said, like Shang, Shang Song kind of counts, but he is working for Outworld, so it is a little bit different. Having and Kano's too literally... incompetent to really be like a, a like a like a tier one villain. Kano is more like a joke villain, and he also likes that realm. Like as far as I understand, he likes being or a uh, Sector. Uh, you know, as we know, Cyrax and Sector get their humanity back. Cyrax ends up getting his humanity back thanks to the special forces and MK4 slash gold. And uh, it was, we'll come to learn in uh, Deadly Alliance actually works for special forces where Sector, and as we see in 11, I guess he gets sort of his memories back, but he, he was always a loyalist to Lin Kuei. He's like, yeah, yeah fuck he, he, he likes he, he likes staying a uh, yeah, robot. He likes being a robot. But what if, what if he got, just like Cyrax, got his humanity back and maybe, you know, got we get to see his face and what if he's an asshole still, and he becomes... Because we all know Sector's been about gathering power. Uh, that could be true. Like, stories you know, like what, for the NetherRealm thing, games and the PS2 games. But what I was thinking, and I think it's actually kind of a fun like, fun character to use, because what I was thinking is, like, you know, if you have Liu Kang, maybe gave special treatment to Earthrealm, because he's from Earthrealm, maybe... I always thought the like, cool idea would be that Earthrealm becomes bad guys. Like, we're the invaders. Mm. And Luke Kang's trying Whoa. to like stop that. He obviously doesn't want that to happen, but like the, 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 yeah, he can't change free will. The whole thing it seems like with the time stuff is he's not changing free will; he's changing events. Mm. And so, like maybe the events funnels Earthrealm into being conquerors, which he didn't anticipate. Yeah, um, and that would be interesting. And that's why Sector could become an industrialist. Maybe Lin Kuei doesn't you know, or doesn't quite happen the same way, or something like that. So, and maybe Social Force is a little more dystopian. We, we kind of saw. You know, Raiden was kind of a fascist in Mortal Kombat 11. Where he's literally like preemptively invading yeah. Netherrealm, where Netherrealm didn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, he kind of yeah, he kind of was. So I kind of so, I kind of thought that made it Raiden a bit more interesting. Where like Raiden is not this benevolent god that you think he is, because of course they never are. So and I kind of like that about Raiden's character. Like of course Raiden is not nearly as good as you think he is. So it's, I it's like, like circumstances and stuff. Yeah. So I I think that's interesting. That that, that could be definitely an interesting way to go. Given, well, I think what's interesting talking about the era we're talking about, which is one, two, three, and four, is it, I think it can actually greatly inform. Oh shit! They coming after you guys? The striker <laughs> coming after you guys? <laughs> Every day. Um, <laughs> oh shit! Um, but uh, but no. So I, I think what's interesting is you know uh, we're talking about one, two, three, and four, but since you know the timeline has been shifted, like how much is that going to inform? Right, the the next game, like how much are they going to bring back? Like maybe unused ideas or um, recontextualized ideas or whatever. I think that, that's actually very interesting to think about. I think yeah, again, like, again making Sector the industrial villain is kind of interesting because he, he kind of is the one that probably fits the most uh, the characters that we know of from Earth. Because yeah, I don't think yeah, or or maybe just Jackson Sonia. Uh, yeah, or. or, or get too big for or their britches and yeah and they become villains because they're invading other realms or something preemptively yeah i like that no yeah that's interesting yeah um but yeah i, I guess like that's uh, anything else you guys wanted to bring up no we're going we're getting Laura, pretty close to three hours i think yeah i think laura i think laura wise we covered like a whole I mean, freaking bunch it's shit, just more we, like at this point i kind of want Go ahead, Josh. Sorry. There's shit we probably didn't mention, and you know we didn't follow an outline necessarily. But I think we pretty much talked about the whole of the lore, and we we know where we're at now, coming into Deadly Alliance. 
Yeah. So I think yeah, sure. being prepared for that. <laughs> Prepare yourself. Well, uh, is there any other final points, lore wise, or anything that any of us want to say? I will say one thing. I want them to give me more. I've said this in previous podcasts, but I want to see more of the politics of the other realms. Like, I want to mm. see more of outward politics, like, especially with Baraka's race, um, the Tarkatans. I want to see mm. more of that because I thought that was cool. I want to see more Reptile's race now. because we've had so many games and we've never seen Reptile's race other than Reptile himself. And I kind of want to see more of that. And chameleons. And the chameleons. Oh, yeah, yeah. the chameleons. And, and like, and like, and even like, and even Kodakon. Like, I think Kodakon is a cool character conceptually for what he's trying to do. And I kind of want them to expand on that. Like, we know Outworld, we know Earthrealm. Expand more into like Adenia, for example. That's what I kind of want because I feel like Mortal Kombat. Well, Adenia is, sort of like is Outworld, right? There, there's a lore thing a se- too. I thought it was Ad- an entirely separate realm at this point. Ad- Ad- that's confusing. Oh yeah, this is a lore. This is a lore thing. Yeah, because Adenia was first named in MK3. By the way, and that was Katana's original realm, which Shao Kahn took over, and it became Outworld. Of course, the lore now is that Outworld. Every time he invades a realm, it gets added to the pot, and it, Outworld is just this mix of the realms yeah. he conquered. That that's a new that's a newer thing, and that, and that's why the merging of the realms and MK3 was a new idea of, of merging the two aesthetics. Um, but yeah, Adenia originally, I think, was just the name of the kingdom that was still in the Outworld realm. Because in, in 4, Adenia is restored. The whole thing is Sha, uh, Shinnok and Quan Chi invade Adenia. And I don't know where it falls in in the Netherrealm okay. games. Or, I'm sorry, the PS2 games. But now in the Netherrealm games, Katana becomes Katana Khan. So, you know, Cole uh, yeah. might have a word or two about that. But for all intents and purposes, she is ruler of Outworld, formerly Adenia, correct? Well, Kotal is the one that gives her that. Is that what it is? I thought she just stormed in and slit Shao Kahn's throat yeah. and be like, "I'm ruler now." I, it's been a minute since no, aftermath. No, 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 uh, no. He, uh, you know, the one that gives up his power willingly. Oh, that's right. He was there. Well, you know, Kotal was total. Uh, what's the word? Uh, jobber. Jobber. Yeah, he's total jobber in eleven. <laughs> Which is fine. He spent the most <laughs> game in a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, what about you, Simi? Final thoughts? thoughts. Uh, besides reviving Kung Lao again. Um... <laughs> Making Kung Lao the main champion this time. Let him be the Lux, Lux Luthor. He's like, Why not? He's like, you know what? I keep getting killed. You know what? I'm going to rule this whole place. Ooh. Screw it. Everybody has Everybody has to wear a cool hat. Everybody's got to wear a cool hat. Nice hat. Yeah, that's what As long as yeah. Johnny Cage draws a breath, I will have something to say about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as like what anything else to dive into, I think we've done <laughs> we've gone over a lot. But I'm just interested to see this stuff get expanded with the PS2 games because that's like oh, yeah. the thing everybody who likes the PS2 games loves the fact how they expanded and gave reasons to a lot of things that we just that are left pretty vague in the first three or four games. So I'm interested to see where that, how that develops and how they retcon a lot of stuff in the first four games, pretty much. I'm really yeah. interested in that. I think that that's yeah. true too, yeah. Because um, I'm not going to talk about the PS2 games, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, but for, for, for right now, I, I think one thing I will say, um, just as a, as a parting thought, is it's like, it is amazing how elemental the Mortal Kombat series is, even at this point. Yeah. Those four games. Yeah, and how, definitely. 
they they're able to take these tropes because they're all tropey. It's all like literally like they're taking stuff from John Carpenter films, taking stuff from like kung fu films, they're taking stuff from sci-fi films like oh, yeah. robots and stuff in Mortal Kombat Three, and you know this kind of like grunge eighties aesthetic, like you know straight to DVD, straight to VHS, like cult movies, and kind of putting that in there. And the fact that it's so, it's, but in a, it's taken from Star Wars, it's taken from all this stuff, and the fact that it's so tropey and so kind of, it, but it works in the same way Star Wars does. Star Wars took like you know stuff from. You know, Kurosawa films, it took stuff from, you know, Westerns, it took stuff from pirate films, and World War II films, and merged into one thing. I think that's something kind of cool that Mortal Kombat was able to do that. I think it really struck a nerve. And yeah, I think it has to be said that, you know, it's been going on for what, like 30 years at this point, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and it's something to be said about the storytelling for that. Like, is that the magic recipe that, that, that that's kept it so long? You know, long lived, or is it the gore, uh, the shock value it's, of it's, it? It's, it's, it's got to be the lore, and I and I there was just I don't remember who brought it up. The lore or the gore? Yeah, exactly. And I think it's the lore. It has to be because you know how many there's like time killers. Remember that game where you can cut people's heads off yeah. halfway through the yeah. game? There was like you know how many Mortal Kombat ripoffs came out afterwards, and like. More common side being the first like big bloody game. There was like Slipknot. I mean, it was the one that got the most attention. Yeah, I'm, but, like but Doom had it. every kid played it by that before the the you know Congress even got involved and you know the hearings happened and then that just catapulted it further. I don't know. Yeah, because there was yeah, but Splatterhouse, but yeah, but, how many there, people there, played there, that? Have you played Splatter? I haven't played it. I know of it, but I never. Played I, I it, played it, know? but I, but obviously not before Mortal Kombat because they came up you know, before my time. But my but, but my point being is like like Gore was a huge thing. I mean, you know, after Mortal Kombat, you know, to to capitalize on that, a lot of a lot of companies like, oh, that's what made it popular, and you know, tech, you know, but it's not really what it was because you know. There was something elemental about the aesthetics, about the about the story, and about the characters, how unique they were. And I think it's also what you know, in a weird way. I think it's for all the fighting games that that stand the test of time, right? Yep. You you look yeah. at Street Fighter, you look at Tekken. They have cool looking characters. They have interesting lore, right? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Street Fighter a little bit less than lore, but like it's also pioneer of it, right? So I think yeah, like, Tekken for me too. I would consider Tekken niche. Not you're Joe in the street. Well, no, what Tekken is, but they'll know Mortal Kombat. That's true too. That's, good, that's a good point. But and, and Mortal Kombat has very clearly defined, you know, wizards and gods and shit. Yeah, uh, and I, think I don't know what Tekken's about. Iconic. A family, a fucked up family. Yeah, and I, and I think yeah. it's very iconic. Yeah, they haven't made an iconic Tekken movie yet. We were talking a little bit of that before we recorded uh, again. You know, the fucking Tekken movies. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it, it's a combination of the two. Uh, I guess you know it, it is a shock value, but yeah, the lore. It is I mean, one guy's not recognized. Star Wars meets Match for the Dragon. You can only have Gore carry so far. Like you have to have a reason yeah. to come back for the next game or the next. Like, that's, a, that, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, where it's like Gore might have been a good propulsion for it. Where it's like maybe maybe got attention maybe more than it would have. But like there's like like, like you see what I'm saying. Like you, the moment you the, the the shock value goes away, what are you left with? And most of those games, that's all you're left yeah. with. You're just left I mean, with oh, it's like fun and gory, but like I don't care about these characters. They're not iconic. They're not you know. There's something about the storytelling that that elevates Mortal Kombat. I think it's why we're able to have a three hour lore about only four games out of like, <laughs> like twelve or yeah. And I think I mean like everybody who's waiting for MK12. I don't think a lot of them are waiting just because oh, what are they going to do next with the gore and the X rays and the you're retail? right. Like, they want to find out. They want to find out what's going to happen with the new reset world. What's who's going to be the new characters? Yeah. What it's going to look like? That's literally all. All everyone's talking about. Everyone wants to know. Like, is this going to be the great tournament or not? So yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that's a good point. Yeah, because like, it feels just gore. And also, the gore is so over the top now 
that even if they top it at a certain point, like there's there's diminishing returns. Ed Boon's I'm gonna be honest. I want them to, to, to I want I want them to, to scale it back a bit. I'm like, you know what? Just just make it like N, uh, MK9 and MK10 levels. Like eleven was I like, like the, I, I like the gore. I like it. Take Push take it. the new brutalities and turn them into fatalities. We, we had a discussion yeah. about this. How they're getting too drawn out. But yeah, but, but, uh, but I, think, I think it's all a good point. I mean, I creepy think, even. Yeah, but I think I think what what you seen said I think is is really really the point is that the fact the fact is that people are excited about what's going to happen. I think proves that the lore is better than gore. I think that proves it, right? Because I yeah. think that people yeah. talk about the fatality. We talk about how are they going to top like Ermax fatality from Mortal Kombat 11? Or like if that's what they're talking <laughs> about. That's not what people are talking about. Yeah, you know, not not yeah. really. That's a very good point. But anyways, so um, yeah, I guess I guess we'll guess we're gonna call it. After yeah, let's yeah. call it. Uh, I gotta pee again, and I'm hungry. <laughs> Me too. Uh, not in that order. But, All right, uh, All right. So, Damien, uh, so much. Wait, what? No, I was gonna say like normally, like whenever we actually end our combat tech yeah. segments. I, I was gonna do that part, yeah. but I'll, I'll hand it to you. Yeah, I'll hand no, it no. to you, Jay. I mean, I already started it, but we normally end it with an outro of some type. But you know. Per our discussion, um, it was going to be either Josh or Damien that was going to do it. So you both tell us and everybody else yeah. who's listening but, to this podcast which one of you is going to do the outro. But before, but, I mean, before before we do the outro, I mean, Damien, thank you so much yeah, for yeah, yeah. Let's let's not get yeah, ahead of ourselves. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us for this episode once again. Uh, oh, thanks for yeah, inviting me. I appreciate yeah. it. I had fun. I always have fun. I'm on here. <laughs> and uh, if there's anything that you you know that you have to plug or any like social oh, media yeah, yeah, or projects yeah, yeah. or anything like that, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, right now I write for Looper. Um, I have some also some articles from Comic Book Resources. If you want to look at my name and look at Comic Book Resources, but right now I'm currently writing for Looper. I have an article that came out a week or so ago. I have a couple more articles coming out in the next uh, month. Um, continue doing that. Uh, so I'm paying my bills, and um, and I think I don't remember if it was streaming last time I was on, but now my my feature film, uh, Rooney of Champions, that I wrote, directed, produced. Um, some people here have seen. I don't know how how many people you guys have seen it, but um, it, it's uh it's on Amazon Prime right now. It's streaming mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, and it's also streaming on Troma Troma uh, now. I think is what it's called. Um, right. and I'm trying to get on Tubi. Talking about that, but right now Troma and Amazon Ooh. Prime. Uh, and yeah, that's uh I think it's all I have right now. <laughs> so wait, question real quick. When you say trauma, do you mean trauma films as in like the trauma films? Yes. So, but wow. it's uh, okay. Yeah. We, went, we went over this exact discussion the last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I'm like trauma. What trauma? Because like, 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 <laughs> Damien's like the first person I've ever met that like has actually got like a some sort of film or a script written for trauma films. Because I've watched a lot of trauma films. Oh back shit! In the yeah. Day, so. Yeah, well, well it's the, technically the not. Well, I guess it is. It's a streaming service, you know. Yeah, so I, I submitted it. Yeah, I submitted a streaming service. It wasn't like made through it. It was more like they um, they took the right. They, they, yeah, they're they're they're, they're yeah. distributing it, but um, but yeah, like Shutter, <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, similar. For shittier movies, was there a specific uh, <laughs> for shittier movies? Yeah, was there a specific uh, social media you wanted to plug to? Uh, yeah, so I guess like that? I have an Instagram. Uh, my name D A M I O N D A M A S K E, um, and that's probably about it. I have a Twitter, but suspended, so I can't really reply to anybody. <laughs> so <laughs> I, 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 I call I um, basically um, would I, I basically threatened Mitch McConnell. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? How many, how many people else did that too? But you're the one who got suspended for it, right? Yeah. So, damn. Okay. <laughs> well, 
if you're not in prison. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, hopefully, not yet. <laughs> uh, see you back here again. So after of all that, then, uh, yeah. Once again, thank you for coming on. Glad to have you back. We always like we like having a return of guests, and this is a hearty, fun conversation. I hope everyone listened all the way to the end to it. But now, now, now it's the end, my beautiful friend and uh, Damien. Uh, you don't want to that's fine but you know when we have a guest on we usually take the reins away from me to do our little you know closing this out uh so i will ask sir uh, do, do you have anything you might want to close out the episode with give us a little outro take us away uh no but just finish him i guess all right that works that's perfect all right finish him <laughs> all right. finish him damien wins outstanding thanks for listening to the podcast you can follow us on both twitter and instagram combat time pod and visit our facebook page at facebook.com forward slash combat time podcast you can also email us at combat time podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions you'd like us to answer on the show see you next time mortal combat continues get over here